evening and welcome to El Oso Fumar Takes. This is our 168th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. A little old school versus a little new, except for not really a versus. No battle royales, no punches being thrown. I mean, how far could a punch really go over Zoom anyway? But anyway, I digress. Really excited to introduce my two guests tonight. But before we get to our guests of honor, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is tonight's sponsor, which is Drew Estate. Drew Estate is marking its 25th anniversary this year. The Drew Estate and the rebirth of the cigar movement to celebrate this momentous occasion. The company is inviting you, yes, you, consumers, retailers, and cigar media to its epic blowout birthday bash entitled DE25. DE25 will be held on September 25th at South Fork Ranch in Parker, Texas. I can personally attest it is not in the middle of nowhere. It's literally 30 minutes from my house. I live right in the middle of Dallas-Fort Worth, 30 minutes from my house. You will get to South Fork Ranch. Awesome facility right in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Well, not in the heart, but good stuff. DE25 celebration will include the unveiling of Drew Estate's newest brands, with a first-to-experience approach for consumers and trade partners together. So mark those calendars, DE25. Also, to, uh, tonight's sponsor is Oveja Negra Brands, four unique companies who share a passion to provide innovative cigars for the next generation of cigar enthusiasts. Black label trading company Blackwork Studio Dissident and Emilio are combining premium tobaccos with an artisanal touch. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock and visit ovejanegracigars.com to learn more. And welcome, everyone. Take 168 here for you. Really excited to, to introduce tonight's guests. So let's give a warm welcome to our guests tonight, sponsored by United Cigars, Will Cooper and Matt Tobacco. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Good evening, folks. Bear, thanks for having me on. This is a, certainly a privilege to be part of uh, El, Su El Oso Fumar Takes. I, I'm I'm so excited to have you, man. I mean, this is uh, this has kind of been a long time coming. Has this been the shortest but longest year of your life? That's the first question I have for you. Probably the longest. So so much happened. So many life changing things happened. So it was definitely a long year. So much yeah. so much so much length, so much time, so much effort. <laughs> yeah. But all, all without leaving, <laughs> all without all all with barely leaving the comfort of your home for months on end. True. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, part of it was a blessing in disguise, really. I mean, I had so much time to work on some very key things like, um, you know, my, my cigar, my cigar um, journey, um, my, you know, personal relationship, smoking the coal, um, you know, just stuff like that. And uh, it was very rewarding, you know. It's uh, it's 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 fantastic when things kind of come together in like a perfect way, which kind of in a lot of ways describes my my professional relationship working with our other guest tonight, which is, of course, uh, Will Cooper making another return to LLC from our takes Coop. Welcome back. And he's muted. Oh, he did oh man. Well, yeah, rook, rookie I'm mistake. <laughs> there we go. Yo, I thought he was supposed to be he's, some sort of professional. I, I was like, wait, I'm wait. Like, <laughs> is he trying to make us feel better about ourselves or something? <laughs> well, I didn't want any background noise when Bear was doing this stuff, and I just forgot to turn it off. But, but you know, when you're the guest, you could kind of get a little more relaxed on stuff like this. I was going to say, aren't you the guy who does that primetime show? Yeah, like, right. That yeah. yeah, my my video on Facebook is awful. I don't know what happened with the rendering, so I apologize. 
Um, but uh, it's it's great to be here tonight. Um, Barrett, thanks for having me so much. Um, um, yeah, this as you know, Bear, my bad year was 2018. So everything's relative for me. Um, <laughs> That's <say>. true. <laughs> no, nothing can go worse. Nothing can go worse than 2018 went. So um, I go back and look at that year. <laughs> so, uh, Coop's no, been preparing be for COVID, the COVID era for a long time. He's slowly been working from home. He's got this wonderful garage turned into like a smoking lounge. He gets to work all day in there. You know, you've been you've been gearing up for this. You've been gearing up for it. So it. Well, you know what's funny is you know I, I was I'm vaccinated. I come out of the bubble, and then what happens is we get hit with this gas thing in in Charlotte, like. And really, honestly, I have a full tank of gas that I'm holding to go on the trip to Florida with. So I don't want to go anywhere right now for fear I can't get gas. Um, but it's it's at least it's trending better. It's not getting worse. So that now there's some gas stations you just have to wait online. So that's better. I mean, you, you I mean, this this happens quite a would you say I'm, I'm quite a bit being relatively like. But I mean, this this I mean, is that affecting you on the. On the northeast too, Matt. The this this gas shortage. Uh, no, we okay. haven't really had an, an issue with yeah. any gas up here. Yeah, we have in Charlotte and Atlanta. There's a these are bigger cities with a very. Like, they say it's for, it supplies forty five percent of the gas on the eastern seaboard, but Charlotte and Atlanta have a very high dependency on that pipeline. We went through the worst. We went through was two thousand eight with this. And that was when Hurricane Ike knocked out the pipeline down by the refineries. And we were without, we were with two weeks really bad with no gas. And there was talk of going to rations in the state. They were very close to starting to ration the gas. And finally, it just, they got things working again. Rations, man. So next up, Rosie, Rosie the Riveter was going to go back to go back to work and work on those jet planes, right? Yeah, but anytime like like here's the thing. When I heard the news about the Colonial Pipeline, the I literally within ten minutes left the house and started getting all the cars gassed because I knew what was going to happen. That every time that pipeline's out, it's it's it does spur panic. So I just made sure we were topped off, and then people, you know, in my house, they're just driving for essential stuff, you know. So, um, Can I just of course the only one who here? didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't want to change the topic, but I just read a comment that I just couldn't ignore in the, in the Facebook feed. It was from Alan Rubin, who said, uh, Coop's white background makes him look even paler, which I didn't think was possible. Alan with the insightful comments of the night. Yeah, the, the video is, I just don't know what's happening. My video render is bad. Rivet, so riveting riveting observation there. I uh, uh, yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, well, gentlemen, I really appreciate you both hopping on tonight. Just do you do want to give a uh, a word of uh, a word of thanks to uh, to you guys because we actually did have a, a separate show booked, and unfortunately, uh, you know, as is uh, always possible with some of the folks that we talk to on our shows, is that they're broadcasting from um, you know all over the world. And uh, sometimes the internet connection, well, sh shoot, sometimes the internet connection isn't reliable here in the States, uh, let alone uh, in other countries. So uh, there was an internet connectivity issue um, with our guests, um, our planned guest uh, this, 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 this week, but uh, we were able to pivot and I was able to bring you all on for, I think it's going to be a really insightful discussion about, um, you know, our, our, all of our approaches to media from, again, from someone who's been in it, uh, 
up there, not the longest coop, but you've certainly been, uh, you've certainly been, obviously been very consistent, Mr. Consistency over the, over the last decade plus now. And then obviously we have a very, very new approach to cigar media uh, with smoke and tobacco launching in uh, just over in um, being just over a year old at this point. So um, I'm really excited to get y'all's insights and takes. Uh, I'm going to be really punny tonight. On, on some of y'all's approach and how it could be very similar and how it could be very different. So like I said, this isn't a battle royale, old school versus new, but it was something, it's a discussion I've wanted to have for a long time and it really presented itself uh, with tonight's show. So thank you again for being on. But Matt, I have a task for you already. Ooh, uh, if you're up for this. Yeah, so uh, uh, Coop and I do this on special edition quite a bit, but I thought I'd carry this over because I've really... Uh, Coop's, Coop's been always very supporting of me in every way, but um, I mean, you don't know me outside of uh, social media, except for now we're actually getting to talk face to face. And, um, but, uh, but it really means a lot to me in particular. So I would hoping you would honor me tonight by picking my cigar. So I have a choice here for you and I wanted you to pick my cigar for me. So uh, here are your choices. I have a very well-aged Alec Bradley uh, Mundial. Hmm. The number five, I have a Adventura, the Royal Return, Queen's Pearls, Robusto. I have the Trinidad Espiritu Serie number two, Toro. Bear, I need to, I'm so sorry. I need to pause you for one second. Yeah. Because I don't know why, but the camera... Which should be color on, bars, on, man. I haven't seen those since like we were. Yeah, it, yeah. It was like watching uh, network I it was television. Going back to the seventies. Yeah, it's like, can we get a test like signal? <laughs> color test. <laughs> Caption. Oh, I I'm old enough. I remember those. <laughs> hey, I look. I'm look. I'm not that old, and I remember those. Yeah. I remember the the rabbit ears, and you had to stand in one place in the middle of the room to actually get reception, though. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I remember you get a TV, you plug it in. And you watched it right out of the box. I mean, that's how we used to watch TV in the, you know, when I was younger. You could and, just plug uh, it in. Wow. No, plug, awesome. I mean, literally, because we had to, if you had a rooftop antenna, it was even easy. You just kind of plug, you, you plugged it into the outlet with the, and you were you were off to the races with your TV. You had you had like eight channels, but you know, um, that was the price you paid uh, to do that. So you had um, eight channels. Man, yeah. I had four. Well, New York, you had New York, which was a big city. So we, and you're right. That was we were spoiled in New York with eight channels. Uh, you, you had be, a, a bunch you of bastard. Yeah, you had it really. Uh, that's kind of always the interesting thing about that. You know, when, um, you know, you know, like I said, you look growing up, we had UHF, which you had to have like a really good signal to get a UHF signal. That was always fun. So so um, I don't know what happened here, but um, it's supposed to be plugged into to wall power. So that way it just is not relying on the battery for some reason that wasn't working and it went to battery and the battery died i don't know why um but i'm on the i'm on my laptop camera for now until nicole figures that out so i'm oh, no sorry worries. bear I oh it's all good rain on oh, the parade there. it's okay we we just uh we were uh coop and i were reminiscing about the fact that uh we uh, he was spoiled apparently he had eight channels growing up i had three i had four hmm. so uh, we were just talking about the color bars we hadn't seen in a while. So um, that's cool that they still exist, the color test and everything. So um, so I had the uh, the Mundial number five, Alec Bradley, well-aged. 
uh, Trinidad Espiritu number two Toro, the Adventura, the Royal Return, Queen's Pearls Robusto, which the naming council would probably get on me because it's like four and a half by 50. But, uh, um, and then the uh, Rocky Patel Edition uh, Unico, uh, May 28th, 2011. Ooh. And yeah. I know a favorite in all of our hearts, uh, the Eye of the Shark, Don Carlos. <laughs> so, yeah. your choice, my friend. I will smoke whatever you ask out of that out of that uh, menu for you. Um, out of everything on that list, I mean, the Fuente is very close to my heart, so I'm gonna have to go Don Carlos Eye of the Shark. And that oh. that cigar, not only does the blend in that Vitola very specifically one of my favorites uh i i love those i i have a box that i've had for i want to say two or years or so now and uh man they're just they're beautiful um i can't say enough about those so yeah enjoy one of those for me absolutely man thank you very much i appreciate you uh, indulging me there so um that is uh that's going to be our uh it's going to be the cigar that I smoke tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, the uh, really, and I just kind of want to jump in here. What is everyone else smoking tonight? Um, I am smoking the Corona cigar 20th anniversary Nicaraguan selection. Um, oh, the FSG or FSG. I'm trying to get it. I think it's here. an FSG that they're doing with that one. I, I think this is FSG tobacco. The thirtieth or the twentieth anniversary. The twentieth. The twentieth. That it, that's the Connecticut, right? The sil- the silver and white band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's FSG. Mm-hmm. Good Very stuff. Very good cigar. Uh, they I have do a good job. Yeah. Sorry, right, man. Go. No, go I ahead, man. I, I was just gonna say I I have a box of them that I I recently uh, acquired a few months ago and um I've been ripping through them. They're so good. A lot of smoke production, real good flavor, real balanced. Uh, they burn nice, nice draw. That cold draw has a nice, nice sweetness to it. That's real inviting. You know, when I start it up, I like to, uh, I'll cut it and just take several dry um, pops on it too. Just really enjoy the tobacco before I light it. Um, and it, it's, it's turned into one of my like everyday favorites. I just, I love this cigar. It's a uh, it's a it's a stellar smoke. I uh, I sampled that for the first time um, actually probably about a year ago. I uh, um, I uh, never never ask a never ask a retailer uh, for you know don't don't give a retailer a choice because they always just they always take the easy they always take the easy one. So I asked Jeff. I said, "What should I try, the Maduro or the Connecticut?" He's like, "Both." <laughs> Of course. Right, I mean, fair, why? Fair why wouldn't you say that? You I know, know exactly, I mean? right? I can't blame both, the guy. Right. <laughs> so, Coop, what are you smoking tonight? Well, you know, I'm going to do cigars in honor of my friends on tonight uh, that I'm on with. So, uh, Bear, I'm going to start our first since Matt's the guest. Uh, Matt and Nicole gifted me this Nova uh, Park Avenue cigar. Oh, nice. Uh, Platinum Nova. Yep. Nice, nice, big six and a quarter by 54 ring gauge bear. You know, uh, so nice, big and bulky. I love that. And I do. I mean, I'm a big ring gauge fan, so I love that. And then, Bear, I'm going to honor you because you just recently gifted me another one of these. The El Oso Fumar takes cigar of the ear. Uh, the um, La Barba Ricochet. The Crew Mexico, baby. Is, Good stuff. And this is the Grand Robusto. Grand Robusto. So Grand Robusto, yes, 
So we, we go vote with Toll Base, so we do it. So, yep, so two great cigars by two great friends, and uh, I'm very excited to smoke both of these tonight. Yeah, yeah I, need I think to... you got a great lineup. Oops, sorry, Bear. Oh, I was just gonna say I need to I need to try the the I still have I still I have yet to have tried the Nova cigars and I know that they're really? they're we, gaining some serious popularity and and we, uh, we need to visit them at the trade show too actually so that's like I, I know they're gonna be there so um, oh, okay. I think that's that's a white space area we definitely have to meet them which we haven't so well terrific what a great what a great opportunity that'll be so yep. so gentlemen I wanted to open up tonight's show with a little bit of an icebreaker a little bit of fun. And, um, and and this is a cigar. This is a question that I've actually posted on on Facebook. I don't know a couple times over the years, and it always it always gains a lot of attention, and it's a lot of fun. And and uh, I've always enjoyed I've always enjoyed the dialogue. And you know when especially when there's so much uh, there's so much vitriol on social media sometimes, and we kind of get uh, kind of drowned in the negativity and all this other stuff. I just I, I kind of embrace the negativity with a simple question, but it's it, it's a question that actually generates a lot of dialogue and it's actually all in fun and people actually take it that way. No one gets, takes anything personal, which is beautiful. So what is something that you, that you love that everyone hates? Well, I, I, I have something that I think cigar related, most manufacturers hate, and that's going to be Lanceros. I love Lanceros. Uh, my favorite Lancero to date is the Atabe Spiritus. I think it's amazing. Um, and I know that I've had these conversations with several people like Nick Perdomo and Steve Saka, and they hate Lanceros. Um, so I guess I take pride in that one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it that you like about a Lancero, Matt? So, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Lancero fan too. Coop knows yep. this. The, my audience knows this. I'm, I'm I'm typically a smaller ring gauge cat myself. So what's the what's what's the draw there? What do you like about a Lancero? Well, I also traditionally am known for smoking a lot of thicker ring gauge cigars. Um, I also like a lot of longer and length cigars. A lot of Churchills. Uh, I'm a huge fan of A's. I will go out of my way to find A's and um, some of my favorite you know brands and lines. Now like. Ligas, Fuentes, stuff like that. Um, love them. But the thing with the Lancero is it's nice sometimes to just go down to such a small ring gauge. It's a different smoking experience, a uh, different flavor experience. And uh, just something about the something about the small ring gauge and the long length. For me, it's just a very enjoyable experience and cigar. And so I, you know, <clears throat> I hadn't smoked a lot of them for a while. And when I first started to smoke Lanceros, I was like, I was always smoking big cigars and I was like, hmm, I actually really like this. And then it was, you know, I, I think I had some Aladinos and I had a bunch of other stuff like that. And, you know, I really loved them, but it wasn't until I had the Atabay Spiritus when I was like, yeah, like, I just love this experience right here. And that's, and that's, that's when it became my favorite Lancero. Um, but like LFD, you know, I've had the LFD ones and those are, those are a good time. Uh, Pete Johnson and Tatuaje, he makes some really fun Lanceros. So I, I've just always really in, just enjoyed. Um, and plus, you know, they're not very common too, because, you know, people don't like them, so they don't make them. Uh, when you find them, it's kind of like a little treat and treasure. And I also kind of like that oddity, um, you know, when I'm getting into cigars as well. So for me to, to find like a Lancero in a line and I'm like, oh, 
I haven't found one of these before. I didn't know they had an Lancero. I get it and I smoke it at night and I just I kind of have fun with that. I I mean I'm like I said I'm a big fan of Lanceros too and uh, you know I I've I've you know I used to ask about a Lancero from some manufacturers and I just I stopped asking that question because I mean the answer the answers <laughs> the answer is the same all around they just they don't sell and that's they and don't sell. look that's true like you have to find some pretty interesting pockets so you know everyone kind of goes about to to Stogies in Houston which they've built a culture around it uh, which was you know which has been really fabulous for them and it's great that there's places like that that exist so that uh, so that Lanceros uh, can really en- enjoy us so like um um. You know, and uh, Nicole brings Nicole's watching, of course, and she brought up a really good point. Yeah, Nick has brought up uh, Nick. Speaking of Nick Perdomo, he has he he's brought up this point, and it's I mean it's pretty pretty variable file fact. You know, like you know, very very small percentage of all cigar sales are Lanceros, um, where it's most you know a size like the Toro, for instance, um, you know, is you know five six you know even ten times as many you know in terms of sales. You know, which is, uh, you know, and that's a, that's a that's a hard fact for manufacturers to ignore because they're in the they're in the they're in the game to make business. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and I, and I understand it, too. You know, you're 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 trying to make cigars that you can sell. And I mean, that's the name of the game. I mean, you're in it to sell a product and to make money and to have a business. So naturally, it's human nature to be like, well, what you know, what doesn't sell, don't waste time on, on material and labor and and all that just to put something out there because the minority likes it, um, which kind of sucks because they are good and they are fun. And some of us like them, but you know, and you have to kind of go out of your way a little bit to find them. The ones that do exist. Um, but I mean, I guess I, I understand the, the mentality of it and I guess I, you know, I respect the move. So Coop, what about I'm you? Known, so I'm, what you want, can I chime in on this part first? Yeah, please. Okay. So I'm known as the Lancero hater probably and it's not oh, really yes. true it's not really true okay i've given a lancero cigar of the year there was that same year the number two cigar of the year was a lancero the crux of connoisseur was number one the aladino elegante was number two my problem with lanceros is they're not good okay half the time so and the reason why is a lot of times when you say half the time is that an actual number because i know how you are about analytics is that an actual number for you i would say in my in my experience okay so a lot of times when there's a lancero when a lancero is blended to be a lancero it's fantastic when it's round peg square hole i find it doesn't work as much although the aladino it did work right crux the connoisseur is blended to be lancero but what happens is they either end up pulling out some of the tobacco and nick talked a little about this or what they do is they set they cheat and they make it a 40 or 42 ring gauge so it's not really a true Lancero then, right? And some of those 40 and 42s are really good, right? But they're not really Lanceros if we go back to the, the whole naming council thing, right? You're starting to get into other territory. You're getting into Cazadores and Lonsdale territory at that point. So that's kind of really – I'm just finicky about that 7 by 38 Lancero. Um, you know, Matt mentioned Pete's uh, El Triumphador, the original. Fantastic mm-hmm. Connecticut Broadleaf Lancero. I mean, yeah. no one. But what was it blended to be? It was blended to be a Lancero. So, yeah, I just want the record kind of cleared up, you know, because I am known as the Lancero hater here. Um, it's not really the case. <laughs> it's not that you're a hater, Coop. I think because like I can, I I appreciate Gordo's, even though I'm the the quote unquote Gordo hater, right? So I think it's, I think it's just, uh, 
it, it's just just the preference that you you know you like larger gauge cigars over small over smaller gauge cigars typically right you're right you know that particular you know that particular year that you're referring to you just found two lanceros that were above the you know that oh, was above the cut. I, yeah, uh, it was it was I, I was I was just gonna say I uh, I forgot I left out a Lancero on my list and it's kind of embarrassing because it's probably my second favorite Lancero behind the Atabe because it's also killer and I think it's Lancero or not I think it's a cigar that defines this whole brand and that's uh, the 724 Lancero um that kirk kendall puts out it was very good when we smoked that bear yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we did a we did a comparison a comparison battle we did the gordo versus the lancero in that blend yeah and it was very good it was very good what uh what is it about that one that you particularly like mac do you like the tobacco that's in it or is it uh is it just the overall experience or just like just the how the blend kind of comes together well, for me, any cigar that that is really good that I just enjoy smoking that I think is you know tastes good and whatever and I, I like to smoke is always a good experience. Uh, I like the tobacco on that. Um, you know, it, it's such a unique blend and it's one of those cigars. You know, in 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 twins and Kurt, you know, they're they're right here in our backyard, so you know we're there all the time. So, you know, we're always grabbing seven twenty four, and so I've had a lot of them, uh, and and they're all really good. And, and I think that you know he does a really good job with that. I believe those cigars are made by uh, Placencia. Um, so, I mean, you, I mean, good quality right off the bat, but that Lancero, I think kind of like what you guys talk about being blended for a Lancero, um, when that cigar was made, I think, it, you know, it, it, that fired on all cylinders. Cause I mean, that, that yeah. cigar, I mean, even Kurt will tell you, um, you know, we're known for our Lancero. <laughs> so, um, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a home run cigar. It's, it's got a great flavor. It burns right. It's it it's perfect and i have to say when i go 724 i would say seven times out of ten it's the lancero that i smoke from that line so my answer is a little bit more basic and it, it's going to fuel a follow-up question that i'm i'm, I'm actually going to ask both of you all so my answer is cigars more specifically tobacco mm-hmm. um I mean, because of the society that we live in, I mean, we're constantly talking about our the fight. We're constantly talking about how we're defending our right to enjoy a a, uh, a man-made product uh, because we're all adults and we uh, we're constantly having that dialogue. And it's we're, we're having that dialogue because everyone hates tobacco. And I'm not talking about you, Matt. I'm just talking about <laughs> talking about actual tobacco. So sure, I've heard uh, all the jokes. Yeah, no, <laughs> man, it, like. I, I have to uh, we we have to we have to say that you you are you are exactly where you're supposed to be because I mean God forbid you you know I mean imagine if you grew up in an anti-tobacco like became like you would have to change your name <laughs> like if I grew up in an anti-tobacco what like like a, a house like like anti-tobacco house or you grew up to be an anti-tobacco advocate you would have had to change your name well I did actually come from an anti-tobacco anti-tobacco smoking household. Uh, when I first got into cigars, it was not well perceived at all. Um, Interesting. And then, okay. And then I ended up actually turning some of my family members into cigar smokers. So, um, which was no small feat in itself. But uh, so yeah, I, I prevailed. Um, this is what I was meant to do. <laughs> so I'm here. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of goes to my question though, Matt. So this one goes to you as well. Like, you know, how are you? Okay. So we we're, we're all welcomed in obviously in the industry because we're a part of this industry because we all love cigars. The industry is a cigar, you know, is a tobacco loving haven, if you will. Although we are a small number, few but mighty. What is Matt just told us about his experience outside of the tobacco industry? Coop, like, how how are you perceived? Your love of tobacco outside of what you would call outside of the industry. I mean, your family, your family and friends that aren't affiliated with the industry. How are you perceived? So, look, with my immediate family, my wife, my daughter, and three sons, they're great about it. They really are. Um, even when I was when I go to the cigar store, when my when my boys were like ten or eleven, they loved coming along and sitting on the patio. They felt like adults. Um, unfortunately, my dad's been great about it too. Unfortunately, there's other members of my family that have really not been very kind about it. And then I'm talking immediate family. Um, you know, when you kind of interview, I did some pretty good interviews with kind of people you may know, and they won't even tune into it to see how I did. And it hurts. It very much hurts. I mean, I don't have any bad feelings, but I can't, I can tell you it hurts a lot. Um, just cause they're anti-tobacco. That's dang good. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's rough. I, I think I, I, I could not say I could, I, I was debating like, when you asked the question, I was to say, it. I don't want to say who the family members are, but, um, yeah, it hurts. No, I could, I, I'm I, not yeah. asking. I'm yeah. not asking you to, I, I think that's no, but I, and I think that's, I think that's obviously something we've all struggled with, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Matt just gave his 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 backstory a little bit as well. But, yeah, you know, yeah. my 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 wife has taken to opening my mother's mail because she still sends me articles about how smoking is harmful for me. Of course, my mother doesn't realize that the articles that she's yeah. sending me is about cigarette smoking. But, you know, again, kind of goes yeah. to the ignorance that we talk about and preach yeah. about all the time is that now my mother's very proud of me. I say this all the time. She right. is. She just doesn't get it. Right. And that's OK. And that's partly on me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I need to be better at educating yeah. her. Yeah, well, you know, it, it hit home this week because I did do the interview with Armand, right? And I did let my family know that I was interviewing Armand. And, and one of these people I'm talking about happens to be the biggest Armand DeSante fan. And we we'll oh, wow. tune into it. Oh, yeah, so it it, 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 it it really stung me this week. And it's not the brag that I was interviewing Armand, but you, you, I think you kind of understand the circumstance in that case. You know, it's not something you get to do every day. And really was... You know, we talked, yes, we talked about cigars, but to not even give it a shot to look at it, I was like, really? Okay, whatever. I'm just going to, you know, but I had to get it off my chest tonight. So, well, that wasn't hurt. I can't lie. I, I can't. Um, but I tell you what, most of them, like my immediate, they were all wonderful about it. You know, my daughter was, you know, it was, it was great. So that part, that part made it, my wife was awesome about it. So that part, you know, was happy here. Well, we're proud of you, Coop. I know that doesn't mean as much as some of the, your I, family. I, 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 I mean, no, it does mean a lot. It really does mean a lot. Yeah. To not yeah. to be somber on that, but yeah, it's, unfortunately, it's been tough sometimes. Coop, you know, and, and kind of to echo what he said, you know, um, I know, yeah, I know it doesn't change. You know, your family is always probably the most important support that you always look for. But, yeah. you know, on the bright side, you have a whole industry that knows you and loves you. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you I appreciate it really. I mean, and I, I and you know, I'll talk about it later too. But when I got sick, I mean, this industry, I couldn't believe the love they showed me. I didn't realize it, um, and it was it meant a lot. I'll never forget it. So, um, it, it is a great industry, and I'm I'm thankful for that. I don't take it for granted. 
Right. Well, gentlemen, that brings up tonight's uh, major point, which is always brought to you by Barracoa Cigars. Barracoa is back, everyone. The Voyage has relaunched. I personally couldn't wait for this cigar to come back. It's been over three years, but now with the revamped blend coming straight out of one of the hottest factories in the industry. Uh, Danny Vasquez promises if you liked the original blend, you're going to absolutely love the relaunch. So it was launched last month. If you can believe it, it's back on, it's been on back on the market for a whole month now. Check out your local tobacconist, ask your local tobacconist to carry the voyage. And remember, never settle Barracoa Cigar Company. So, gentlemen, like I said, uh, as this 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 tonight's discussion was heralded as a old school versus new. Again, this wasn't meant to be a battle royale type of sorts. But I I, I talked to you both about this concept before we went into tonight uh, to kind of gauge just the like the differences uh, in from where we from where we all sit in our experience level when it comes to covering this industry and our different perspectives and our different takes on how we do it. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact of how how long we all we all have individually been in the industry. Um, but where I think, uh, and I know Coop will echo the sentiment, where I think it's very unique is that we have the opportunity to speak to someone who has not been doing this for a very long time, but has done it at an incredibly high level for a short amount of time, which is uh, which is our guest uh, tonight, Matt uh, Tobacco of Smoking Tobacco. So um, with that, I want to kind of go into this first question. So Matt, when you first, st- when you were first like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And in case it was you, Nicole, we're going to do this. What did you want your signature to be? What did you want to be known for? And did you succeed at that? Are you known for that? I would say that when we started the show, uh, John Carney and myself, um, you know, during the COVID pandemic, we, if you know the story, it, we didn't go into it trying to, to be like Coop or, or you or anyone else. Uh, we just we, we just wanted to do a live broadcast of some sort. Um, but as we, you know, saw the potential and we made it work and we went through the channels and we were like, okay, we're really going to do this. We were like, oh, well, what are we, what are we doing? You know, are we, are we going to be like Cigar Coop? We're going to be like Cigar Authority? We're going to be like KMA? You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there. Um, and what we came up with, with, and this is no disrespect to any of you guys, we love you at all, but we were like, there's a lot of shows that are more like solid industry shows um, where they really get into the meat potatoes, which is great, and that's not a bad thing at all, but I want it to be different. You know, you always try to be different to give a different variety. So I think one of the things that we tried to do was just be a little bit different than kind of what everyone was doing. Slightly shorter show, kind of different touch on different approach and not so much in depth, just kind of hit all the good points and then try to do some, some other things in there too. And we kind of go off cigars and just kind of a little, I don't want to say like a, like a mismatch or anything like that, but we've just, we, we kind of meticulously over time as the show developed, developed this kind of pattern and rhythm for how we presented the show and, and like how we, how we did it. And we, you know, we still have guests on, it's still a cigar show. We still smoke. We talk about cigars. We talk about the tobaccos and all that. We just try to have a different approach to it, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that we've succeeded with that for the most part. And, and one of the things that, and I hope I'm not getting too ahead of myself here with my, stuff that i have to answer later but we just it, one of the things is as you go and you do this you learn to evolve and you learn things and you make mistakes you know and i learned that from coop 
I'll I'll throw that out there. I I I remember those things that have gone wrong on shows live, and I'm like, oh, that sucked. And I've talked to Coop, and he's like, dude, I delivered the wrong set of news one time live on the air. So like, it happens to all of us. Um, but you know, and that's just how you get better. You know, yeah. So I back to the original point. I think that it's just been trying to. I I like to be known for having kind of a different style of show that's a little bit lighter for some people um and i don't know i think it worked i think i think it's done well people watch every week so (laughs) it's kind of good (laughs) no i i I think there's i think there's something there's something to that approach even though we we pose the show as not a battle royale but i think you already you know you're already taking digs at me and coop you know you're like we do a shorter show no 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 it wasn't a bad thing no just kidding i just told it just kidding stirring the pot a little bit no 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 and i think but i think there was a because that was that i mean let's be honest here that was my original intent for this show was to do abbreviated kind of hard hitting really quick and i started having conversations that i with with some of the people that we've we've had we've been blessed to have it you know all all three of us have had conversations with that i didn't want to end i didn't want to call it short just because i'm like oh okay we'll touch on that next time or we'll talk about that next time or if you know i mean there's some people you just need to let roll um and because it's 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 you know it's riveting it's riveting conversation and and so as as time has gone on i've i've this has kind of morphed into a little bit longer show but I, the original intent was to find the story behind the story. And that's kind of the, con, you know, the concept of, of this tonight's show too. It's, it's, it's not talking about, there's going to be a time, Matt, where, where I'll have you and Nicole on the show and we'll talk about you as people and the, the things that I'm interested in. Um, but for tonight's purpose, I think it still proves the point that I'm really interested in the two very unique perspectives that you guys have on the same topic. Mm-hmm. which is covering this industry. So I, 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 I no, I, I dig what you, uh, obviously I dig what y'all are doing. And I think you do bring a fresh uh, look to, to uh, what, what we all do, which is very similar. So Coop, what, what about you? This is okay. Th- <laughs> I don't make it sound like you're ancient, but you know, 10 years, 10 plus years ago, <laughs> what did you want? What did you want your signature to be? What did you want to be known for? And did you ultimately accomplish it? I think I did, right? So when you go back to, I think I told you my roots originally was, uh, I I went to the trade show as a as a kind of a buyer, business development manager for a retailer, and I came out of that trade show and I started writing for all practical purposes the blog Cigar Coop. Matt talks about what went wrong in his first show. The articles on Cigar Coop those first couple of months were so bad I can't look at them. Okay. They're just horrendous, right? But people actually paid attention to them and thought they were decent, right? But believe me, horrendous they were. were. But everyone's going back now, Coop. Everyone's going back. Like the amount of graphic is going to go back to those early articles. Look, if you read in the ten-year series I wrote, which I talked about the ten-year series, which Matt used the word evolution, and that was a big thing. I talk about evolution in there, evolving the. I mentioned some of there are references to those bad articles. Um, but here was the thing that was going on ten years ago. Um, we were at a time when the online media piece was new to the industry um, and it was, you know, it wasn't wasn't totally rejected, but it wasn't yet widely accepted. And at the time, it was a little bit of the Wild West with online media. Um, people were just put like people were putting out 
wrong content. There was things that were wrong out there. Um, look, and, and this is kind of heresy. I'm going to say this, but I'm going to name names here. Dog Watch Radio, which is considered a pioneer. I listen to Dog Watch Radio every week and wrong, 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 wrong. Everything they're wrong on, right? They're, they're, they're giving incorrect information, right? So I'm seeing this from people who are, you know, good people doing media, right? But the information was wrong. And if you talk to Charlie Minato, who's coming up around the same time as me, he saw the same thing happen. We, we both saw this, like, there's so much misinformation, incorrect information out there that I think th there was an opportunity to kind of seize that and get better. So that's kind of where I wanted to make sure we had accurate information. It was, you know, factual content that we could substantiate. Um, and, and that was kind of what I was looking to do with the mark. Um, there was a lot of rumor and rumor stuff was bad, right? Charlie will tell you the story, like when he reported that Dylan Austin was fired from Camacho, right? And, and he'll admit that that was a mistake, right? You know, so even he was making some mistakes. And so a lot of us had to really learn how to just kind of validate information, kind of do a little bit of the extra work. And, you know, eventually I knew it was going to pay off. I just eventually knew it was going to pay off, and it did. Um, and really, as I started to evolve this thing, the brand was – I wanted to be more of an industry publication. And then eventually when I launched primetime shows, as you know, industry-centric time sh uh, uh, shows. So we have a little fun with other things. You know, I'm not going to say we don't, but um, that's what I was looking to accomplish with that. And it, it, it took a long time to evolve to all that stuff, it, you know. I don't think we, I really hit the stride reporting the news till about 2015 or so. Um, that's when I thought we're making some dent right now where, you know, a lot of people paying attention to Half Wheel and, and Cigar Ficcionato. Now I'm starting to see stuff where we were getting more uh, information direct from manufacturers and, and um, you know, it's grown very well since then. So, um, but it had to evolve. It took a lot of blood, sweat and tears to do it. I'll tell you that. And Coop, I will, I will jump on to that too. I mean, and the thing is, as much as you evolve and people do make mistakes in the early yeah. days, too. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that ever really goes away. I would say in the beginning, maybe you make more frequent mistakes because you're still trying to yeah. figure a lot of things out. Yeah. Um, but and as you go on, you, you kind of learn and you get into you know a better, more experienced pace. But, mm -hmm. you know, from time to time, you still make mistakes. I mean. I know you've made mistakes recently. I've made mistakes recently. You know, even Charlie Minato. I mean, you know, he's he's. We all report, do. I mean, like last year, Charlie Minato incorrectly reported that um, one of my closest best friends, Jonathan Carney, fired off all his staff from the Florida Dominicana during the pandemic, which was not true. Um, and that was incorrectly reported. And I'll throw that out yeah. there. Um, but you know, and 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 I've and I've I've done it, and I know you've probably done it too. And. But you know, it's it's you learn from it, and you and you and you keep on yeah. going, and it just makes you better. That's all. Yeah, I mean, Matt, I think I got to give you a lot of credit. I know when you went through the whole cigar of the year thing last year, um, I I really want to say it was an unfortunate thing what happened with that, and you guys handled it so professionally, um, and I and I I really think that you guys learned a lot from. It. Not that you went into that with bad intentions or it was a bad idea, hmm. um, but you learned a lot from that, and I can see how you've carried that over. Um, like we, Bear and I talked a lot about it. We just like mm -hmm. these, this was not something that was, uh, this was done with good intentions to be a positive message. And unfortunately, uh, some, some things went wrong with that, you know, and, um, but I think you, the, the professionalism that was handled with Matt, um, for you, you both should be really commended on that. It was, it was, it was so good 
for media to see that. Not that I, I felt bad it happened to you, but the way you kind of um, dealt with it, I think was a good example for media and how to handle things like that. So I know I learned some things from that as well. You know, if that ever happens, similar thing happened to me, how I would respond back to it. And you guys were truly professionals. Oh, I really appreciate that. Yeah, you and Bear, I remember both personally reached out to me about it and I really yeah. appreciated that from both Yeah, we, we, it yeah. was just, you know, it was one of those situations. So I, I don't do reviews like you do. You and I have had, you know, private conversations of, you know, why I don't do it and why you do it and how you feel about it and how I feel about it. And that was a decision that I made. Uh, with my brand not to do it. And so, but part of that is, you know, while you do reviews and your cigar of the year is kind of built off of that, um, I don't do reviews and Nicole doesn't do reviews, but we still wanted to have that forum to, you know, be part of that game. Like, well, we, we still smoke cigars and we still have things that we like and we want to, you know, honor somebody. Um, so we tried to do it in a way that, you know, makes up for like, well, we don't just look back at like the reviews and stuff that we used or other aspects. We tried to be like, all right, well, let's let our, our audience vote on it. And, you know, it was our first crack at it. And, you know, maybe we didn't do the best setup, but you know, it, we had never done anything like that before. So we, we definitely learned from it. Uh, I not in a million years saw, I mean, I guess you could see how maybe it could have been messed with, but I never saw how that particular situation they happened like that yeah. that was just i think that kind of shocked a lot of us we were like okay that doesn't make any sense um you i mean you have you have some brands on there that are some pretty big brands and then here comes a, a relatively new very young boutique brand and there's thousands of votes coming in overnight and by the way john carney says to me bro i can't get four thousand people to vote for an lfd cigar from our fan base that fast <laughs> like yeah it's not happening so you know yeah. it, it was what it was and we just said it, in fairness to everyone it, it would just scrap it and move on because i'm not going to try to to continue and, and and put tape on it and make it look good and then no one will have it wasn't gonna it work it, so it's like just cut your losses and move on and we'll try again this year and this year we'll go into it with a much stronger approach and it will be successful so Matt I, yeah. I, and Coop, I think you guys you guys are kind of skipping ahead. So we're gonna we're gonna audible. I think we already talked about this. So let's bring it in. And Dan kind of Dan kind of brought it up in the chat. He he gave you an enormous compliment uh, to Matt. He 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 said that you and Nicole and John have had such high integrity with your show. And 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 so I think Coop, totally. Coop will, will can uh, can agree to that. To your to your point there. So uh, I, I think you've already answered the 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 follow up question, Matt, uh, uh, about this. But I'm gonna pose this question to you because it's come up. Uh, uh, it's come up in a number of different ways, you know, recently for all of us. So, and uh, so the question is uh, about revolves around integrity. How, you know, how has, you know, how did you approach the, your, your particular show brand with integrity and have you had to defend that integrity? Uh, Matt, you've already answered this, the follow-up question. So that's why I kind of, I'm teeing it up to you first here. I mean, you know, what what did you want your brand to represent with integrity what was what was most important to you before it was actually put to the test well i mean for me it's going to be you know I, I first and foremost i try to be there's a quote there's a quote that i try to live by and it's and i'm kind of stealing it from someone else from 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 a previous life uh, from a from an industry of a, my previous uh, days in my sales industry career uh, and that is we're serious about what we do but we don't take ourselves too seriously 
Um, I try to put all my effort and, and work into it and try to be accurate and try to be honest and try to do things the right way. Um, I don't ever try to, I don't get into anything I don't know about, or I don't share information that I'm not confident about, or is, that it might not be accurate. I, if I, if I say something, it's because I, I believe that it is accurate and whatnot. Um, so that's kind of been like my general premise, you know, not, not lying or fabricating. I just be straightforward. And if I don't know, I'll say, I, I don't know. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and I have plenty of friends in the industry, like you guys, I can always go to and ask if I don't know. Um, and I'm honest, but I don't try to hide. Like some people might try to pretend like they do know. I don't, I don't play that game. I just, I don't know. I'll ask like one of 20 people I can ask and I'll get the right answer and I'll learn. Um, in terms of kind of like what you were saying, we already touched on it. That particular situation was also one of those things where it, I, it happened very fast and I was faced with it and I just knew right away. I had a conversation with Nicole. It got, it got real quick and I assessed the situation and then I had to take a step back and I had to speak with Nicole and I said, okay, this is our problem. There's only, there's only two ways we do this. No matter what we choose, there's only two ways you get out of this. You either try to, you either just be straight up, be like, Hey, listen, some shit happened and that's it. We're done because it's just not worth it. Or we try to make it look good and we still give it to someone, but then there's going to be controversy around it. And I try not to be, I try not to do anything that creates any controversy because it, look, at the end of the day, I do care what people think and what people say to, to, to an extent. Um, and I knew right away that's, that's a situation that I, I had the option to avoid the controversy. And so I said, well, let's just not even do it. And so that's just, that's just kind of where I went with it. Um, Cause I, I was smart enough to know like, there is an option to just not even go there. And that's just don't do cigar of the year this year. And we'll try again later. Now, Coop, unfortunately you're in the position again of longevity. Now this is this, that's, that's an incredible mountain for anyone to climb Matt. I mean, that was, I mean, oh, that, was, that was, that was, that was right I, out the I, gate. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I, yeah, that it was, and like I said, how it was handled was so great. Um, just cause that is a lot even if even doing 10 years that would have been a lot for me yeah i have to i have to say if i may um it's one of those lessons that i learned from my dad uh i don't, I don't want to be too specific but what i will say is you know and i hope i'm not giving this information away for anything else you have planned later but one thing that people might not know about me is that i grew up in a family that was very close to major league baseball and i know bear and coop know this but um i grew up kind of in the fenway park family in the red sox organization my dad has worked um in that in that organization since 1999 and so my dad's one of those guys who you know we're in the same industry we're both electricians and so I mean, you know, I, I kind of came up behind my dad and I learned a lot from him and growing up in that and he's very serious about what he does and he takes himself very professionally. He always tries to do things the right way, present the right image, um, you know, from the way you talk to people to the way you dress, the whole thing, uh, even in even in, you know, a not a non white collar environment. He took it all very, very seriously. And so in growing up in that environment, I always kind of was reminded and I learned from him, you know, like being around celebrities and famous baseball players like 
to handle yourself a certain way and to act a certain way and carry yourself with, with a certain level of respect and, um, you know, don't create, you know, don't give anyone a reason to, uh, hold anything against you or be negative, you know, like, don't, you know, don't just, just handle yourself very professionally. I learned that, that mentality of professionalism growing up, even as a child, um, from my dad. And then as I, when I became an adult and I actually worked for my dad and I worked alongside my dad, um, in the same industry, it, that message grew even louder for me. And that's a skill in a, um, an etiquette, I guess, that you, you can use anywhere. It's not like it's specific to one thing. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a level of self-respect and respect for others and the way you handle yourself. So that, that I would say that that's kind of where I get it from. And I've taken that, I took that into this and, and a lot of and everything else I do, um, just how to handle myself and to think, you know, how, how will this be perceived by anybody at any time? Um, so that's just kind of, I guess, where, where it comes from for me. No, I, I, I tend to uh, translate a lot of my father's life lessons into everything I do as well. And, and, and Coop knows this too. Yep. Um, and I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's imperative. I think it's imperative to have some kind of purpose to what you're doing, whatever it is, whether it's being an electrician um, or whether it's covering cigar media or whether it's sales or whether it's, you know, tens of thousands of other professions. I'm just naming the ones that we happen to be involved in. But you, if you don't improve, if you don't approach things with a clear line of defined integrity um, and first of all, knowing what that definition is, um, then I think, I think you're doomed, I think you're doomed to failure because you're constantly going to be making excuses for yourself. You're constantly going to be looking for the out. You're constantly looking to point the finger a different direction when honestly, and this is a lesson that my father taught me, the easiest solution. And if you think about it, gentlemen, it really is. The easiest solution is to point the finger right where it belongs. And that's right here. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because like you said, Matt and Coop, you know, you've had, you, you look, you've fallen on your sword plenty of times um, as well. I've seen it. You're the first to admit when you're wrong. You're the first to admit when you've missed something, which is rarely ever because you get a lot right. But, but I think it goes to, the, I think that's why you get a lot right is I think that's why you've built up such a reputation in this business. And I think, Matt, that's why you've had such early success is that we've, that the two of you have approached it with very, albeit differently, and we're going to get into more differences here soon, but similarly, similarly in the fact that you're approaching it with integrity. So we were going to talk about this later on, but it just kind of, it kept coming up. I was like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to audible on this, but Coop, I'm interested. Like, is there an, is there an infamous Coop story that I haven't heard, or maybe our audience hasn't heard about, where your integrity was put to the test. Mute again. Um, yeah. Um, the case, and it's actually happened on, on the primetime show and it was very early on and Aaron had come to me and said, Hey, what do you think about getting uh, Charlie Minato on the show? Right. And I said, Hey, this is great. Let's do it. Right. So we, we reached out to Charlie. He agreed to do the show. And it was kind of billed as this 
we didn't build it like this, but people had this like, hey, this is going to be the first time these two guys are sitting down together. This is going to be like epic. Um, and there was an expectation from a group of a, a large group of people that we were going to attack Charlie Minato on his hair, on his labor notes, you know, just kind of like. And when we didn't do that, there was people we got blasted by a lot of people when we didn't do that. Right. And, you know, our attitude and Barry, you notice every guest is treated the same. We're not going to disrespect the guests and they're taking their time. We're going to make them feel welcome. We want to have a conversation with them. Um, yeah. If the conversation doesn't go well, we, maybe we don't have them back next time. But but it was a very good conversation. We stuck to our guns. We took some hits on that. But in the long haul, it paid dividends for us because there were other people who saw that show that, you know, didn't really have want to see that. And we started getting a lot of compliments from people like, you know, you guys did a great show with uh, Charlie. You know, it, you guys were professional about it. Right. So we, we kept to our integrity there of saying, um, you know, we're not going to we're not going to go down a rat hole just to create some entertainment here. Right. Because um, that's not what we do. And I, like I said, it, it's a, I think it actually built up, you know, I think the, I think the half wheel coop thing has got a, it's healthy right now in terms of we have some competition, but that's, that's, it's healthy competition. It's not like cutthroat. Um, and I, I cause I'm very happy that we, we stuck to our guns with that um, and, and did that. So, you know, we, you know, that's, I think that was our biggest test we had with that. Look, looking, looking back on that, Coop, like the, 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 and I mean, some of the folks that gave you harsh criticism of that were, were you, people you would consider, even to the state, consider close friends, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, and look, I, I know, and look, there, there were others who I didn't know. It's, it's something, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, I, certain people have opinions of Charlie, right? And I don't want to hit them on that, but um, some, those weren't, yeah, some of them I know very well, though. Um, but, you know, like I said, there were people who didn't know that that they were just like, we're not tuning into you again. Like, this is BS. You, you pandered to him. Like, it, it was like, that's the type of thing we got. We may have lost some. We may have lost some audience, but I think we gained more of an audience in the long term. But it's so, uh, you know, we weren't going to make those people happy. And what we're going to we're going to sacrifice the values that we have for a little entertainment that, you know, that's no. That we, you know, other ways, hopefully we can entertain. Um but, you know, that wasn't we weren't going to do that. And Aaron and I never and, you know, we we've, we've talked as well doing this. We never deviate from that. Um, it, it's we just keep it, you know, and there was a whole thing with, um, you know, remember I was asked to do the debate with the infamous Skip and Jeff thing. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Right. That ended um, well for that, you. That was about the only person <laughs> that ended well for you know, the, the, no, it ended bad for me. It was my day off, and my phone was going off like in the morning. That was, but no, but I got out of that real fast. Still right? bitter about that. Like, <laughs> I, right. Not the not yeah, the fallout so, or anything, guys. I I, right. I could have slept in. <laughs> I, I could, it was a day out from work. But so you know, again, we 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 have a we have a way of doing this. You know, we uh we have sponsors, we have strategic partners, we have people we don't know as well. But everyone on the show gets an equal shot to feel welcome. And if you want your brand covered news wise. There's some criteria we have. If you follow the criteria, you're going to get it. And we're not going to play favorites on that. Um, you know, so we, we give everyone an equal chance for news. And the people who don't get the news complain because we have to work in a framework. We just can't work like the Wild West. 
So, you know, people complain when we don't but do that. But again, we can't make everyone happy. We have to have a framework to work by. But if you if you kind of and it's not a hard framework, if you kind of can work with us, everyone's going to get an equal shot at that. So I, I think we've you know, I think we've we've nailed that piece down as well. Yeah, there was a guy who was I, I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a guy who was doing a cigar show for a little while. Uh, and I don't think he does it anymore. Um, and I remember there was a time when he had said to me, oh, yeah, we are going to have uh, so-and-so on the show and we're going to have someone else. Uh, uh, so-and-so is also going to be on the show and we're going to bring up uh, this you know, bad thing that um, that the uh, their company did. And then we're going to give this dude a show. hard time. And I'm like, oh, OK, yeah. And I was like, I'll, I'll watch that show because I want to see how this dumpster fire goes down. I was going to say the dumpster fire that ensues. Because all that is, is, you know, not for nothing. Like, I understand that some people take what we do as like, oh, well, these guys can just kind of do what they want. And if they want to alienate someone, they can. The reality is, could we all do that? Probably. But are the respected people like ourselves going to no, no. because they're the only person that really hurts in the long run is yourself because the majority of people are going to remember like and this is just as an example um you know let's say you know someone goes on to el oso Fumar and then bear like rips into them they're gonna be like oh yeah like that was funny like they put the guy oh yeah but you know but someone's always gonna be like yeah but you notice how bear was the one just throwing jabs at him the whole time bear put him in a bad spot bear made him look bad bear at, bear asked him questions that like probably shouldn't have asked to put it like all that does is just it makes you look like the asshole. And that's not, I, and I think I speak for all of us here when I say that that's not what we're all about. So it, it's, it's no. not about getting someone on the show and alienating them. Um, Cause that, that doesn't really, that doesn't help anybody. Well, yeah. And I think, no, no, no. I think that's a great point and, and Coop, not to put too much of a spotlight on you back on this, but I mean, look, you've been doing this longer than both of us combined and the, the, I mean, you are you are well known as to be a very beloved person in the industry and and you know the tuesday night cigar club is actually in the chat right now matt and jason those guys do a great job um and um but that was something i mean he he was open about it too and he's he said it several times and he said it he repeated they repeated it again tonight how they they were very uh weary of your you know your constructive criticism at first uh, no, they but, were, and and uh, and by the way, they helped me out. These guys, Matt was a help to me on stuff, and that's feedback he gave me that I think was needed. I'll, I'll be honest, because sometimes we get edgy, Matt. Uh, we get edgy, Bear, and we do we do take on some some things, and we do we were throwing flames. We've tried to dial that back a bit. Um, I think we've talked about that. Um, we don't want to be Howard Stern. We want to be Mike and Mike. You know what I mean? I think that's what we, we want to be hard hitting, but we don't want to be Howard Stern. And I think we were at times. Um, I'll say me, I'll put this on me. I think I was throwing flames at, at some point and I had to dial that back. Um, so Matt was a big help to me. And that's important guys like in the media, like these guys were respected to give me the feedback. I had to listen to that and, and take it. Uh, not don't take a part. No, I have to look at this like I got to get better. So I appreciate stuff like that. Well, and you in your own right too, Coop. Again, as someone who's 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 yeah. built this such this reputation and is so yeah. well beloved. I mean, you right. have you you've had to mend fences um, with with some. With, you've had to mend fences uh -oh. with with them as an example, but even people in the industry that that uh, that we uh, that we interview and stuff. And and that's you know that's a that's a foreign concept 
to a lot of folks who who may follow you and consider you know to be fans of yours that 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 has been a difficult position you've been in. I mean, I have there's a major manufacturer that we all know who thinks I don't like him or his cigars, and it's which is just patently absurd. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of people in this world I don't like, and you know. Matt, you know, was kind enough earlier to say that I wasn't an asshole. Yeah, I, I look, I can be the biggest dick ever, um, but I try not to be um, because that's just not the right way to do it. But um, but I think people I mean, this is this is people's personal lives. This is their livelihoods and this is their pride and their joy and their blood, sweat and tears. It's our blood, sweat and tears, too. And we want to try to do it right, just like they want to try to do it right. So inevitably, that's going to happen. I mean, flames are going to get thrown around. People are going to, people's feelings are going to get hurt. And it's up to, it's up to us. And when I say us, I mean, everyone, not just the three people on this panel, but it's up to us to, to take that step forward, to learn from each other. Otherwise, you know, you know, otherwise it's just going to, you know, and it's just going to end in a dumpster fire. Like apparently the show that Matt's describing. Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say too, like, I don't mean like, general like criticism or you know, i i mean like because i don't want it to get taken the wrong way like i mean like don't have any kind of negative anything like yeah bear is right there's going to be times when hard questions will get asked uh and, and it's part of what we do my specifically kind of meant like when you have someone on the show to purposely go out of the way to, to just to, make to, them look bad um that that's yeah. what i was building on not just and, the general, and, and like when, yeah go ahead Coop. yeah no i agree with you and I know the show you were talking about because they reached out to me as well um, to do the same thing. And, and you know, you just, you just want no part of that. That's not a you're not going to give a hatchet job to someone. It's not yeah, what no. we do. All that uh, is a self-suicide, really, because you just paint yourself as, you know, yeah. you create a reputation for it, like, OK, well, every time a guy goes on, all you do is focus on like the negatives and just try to make the guy look bad instead of yeah. being like, well, yeah, like I go on and like he asked me tough questions, but maybe you don't like some of those questions, but you also have a respect for like, but they're good questions and they're meaningful yeah. questions. It's not just going out of their way to just to make me look like, you know, a piece of shit, you know, it, yeah. it's just, it's what we do. You know, we, we ask like Bear was saying, you know, we, we, we might ask hard questions, but we, we ask what we believe is the right question and we don't purposely do it to make anyone look bad. You know, there were two points that I had, like what I was doing that again, this really kind of, put my integrity into question as well when i just mentioned the 2019 ipcpr coverage where i was very critical of the ipcpr i mean and i've had a good relationship with them that put some bumps in it there's no question about it we've i think we've we've moved on with that but i went after them and bear you know how hard i went after we both went after them on that after that that was a disaster of a trade show i mean you can't that you can't sugarcoat that right and the other one and you're aware of this one bear was my uh, when I kind of said that Rudy Giuliani wasn't going to save the cigar industry. Now, I don't talk about politics, but I talk about the politics of cigars. And I I mean, I'm telling you, I got I got threats not to go into people's store. I mean, it was bad when I how dare I go after Rudy, you know? Um, and so and I had to stick with that. It wasn't I wasn't trying to hatch a job either one of them. But people look for opinions sometimes and you have to give an opinion and the truth might hurt. We're not doing what Matt, what, what, like what, the example Matt gave with this other podcast. That's a difference. They were trying to just crucify someone. That wasn't. I, I hope it wasn't the case in either of those two examples I gave, as well as the Charlie. You know, we. And that's. I mean, you have to be able to go to sleep at night. And then, but there are mistakes made. 
I mean, I've made mistakes. There's no question about it. And that's, I've made some mistakes as recently as this year that I had to correct some things on. So um, that's, you know, you have to learn from that and be better from that uh, as we have to do. Um, so I hope, I hope we've done a good job with that. No, I, I think, uh, not, I mean, not to pat ourselves on the back or anything here, you know, but you know, there, there are, there are tough questions that we need to ask sometimes, yeah. and, you know, Luciano brought up a, a, a very interesting question that I think we all need to look at internally as well. Um, you know, if, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. And I think that's something that we all do is, is, is try to, yeah. to that. And that's, I mean, I know that I've, I've asked some tough questions on this show now it's, it's all about the way that you frame it. Like Matt was suggesting like, yeah, like in his example, um, which was yeah. purely fictional, by the way, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't teed up anyone poor, at least I don't think so intentionally. <laughs> um, but no, but I, it's, 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 it's how you approach the question is it, you have to ask the tough questions. You have to ask the question sometimes, but it's all in, it's all in the context of how you frame it. Um, you know, it's not necessarily throwing every guest a rope or giving them an out necessarily, but approaching it with one, you know, approaching it with enough respect for, for the individual that you happen to be having a discussion with. Um, but, it, but also, you know, expecting that same respect in return and getting a fair answer. Could we not agree? agree? I agree. I agree. And I'll say something else that, that Matt hasn't felt this yet. There, you've started to feel it. I really feel it. Cigar of the year. Just wait, Matt, just wait till you get a few years into this and you start getting the phone calls about cigar of the year. Like who's left off. And that's just, that's a clusterfuck every year. I mean, it's just like, you have to just, you have to stick to your guns on that. I mean, there's some real, there's some real whining that goes on in this industry. And you know, then, then, then what happens? They throw the sponsor, the sample, they throw anything possible other than maybe that the cigar didn't perform. You know, I'm not saying I'm 100% right, but that's the, you know, it's amazing when that happens. Hmm. So uh, you guys, Matt, there's something I don't want to scare you, but you'll handle it well. I know that. Bear, you're starting to feel it now, three or four years into doing this now. Tell me it's not true. You've started to feel it already. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've. I've had to give this. You got to keep the, your integrity. The, yeah. the standard, the standard answer a couple of times. Well, why, why, you know, why wasn't the cigar on or, you know, and I'm like, did you look at the criteria? You know, it is not, I, yeah. I never said your cigar wasn't good. Like your point to your point earlier, Matt, I don't review cigars either on my show. I review cigars for another cigar media website. And sometimes it plays into my list and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and but that that's that's why I framed my criteria the way it was. I wanted to take a unique spin on the cigar of the year, just like you did. You guys wanted to do this really cool poll with it. I thought it was pretty awesome. I was like, oh, this is a different change of pace mm-hmm. um, from than when the, the the rest of the world does it. You know, for for the most part. Um, and even Coop does something different. You know, everyone kind of heckles him a little bit because his, his his cigar of the year takes you know two months to find out what it is. But it's it's terrific, man. It's it's the ultimate countdown. What is what I call it, you know? Um, we, it's, we, were, we were the first countdown. The by the way, anticipation kills we, me. I'm like, God. There were no countdowns. <laughs> we invented the countdown on Coop. I'm very proud of that. There were no none of the publications were doing countdowns. I was the first to do it in 2010. I'm, I'm, I, you know, and then now a lot of people do it not daily like I do it. They may do five a day or, you know, they break it up. But, but yeah, the, the cigar coupe one was the original. 
and, I'm and, proud of and that. David Garofalo still tries to, uh, well, not try to, I think he, think he does. He, he's always saying, you know, Hey, not for nothing, but, uh, do you know who the first person to give a cigar of the year was? It was me. And then everyone else started doing it. <laughs> he, he, would he, yeah, he was doing it back. I think the problem was that if anyone else was doing it, there was no way of knowing because there was no internet even when he started doing this. Mm, right. It was like 92. He was doing it. Yeah. So, um, and he has a list, so I know it's, it goes back that far. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it ninety two? Was that the first year he? Did I think it? it was ninety two. Is when he started. Because I mean, he's yeah. been around longer than like cigar aficionado and um, all those people. I mean, yeah. So yeah, yeah. And he, 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 and he has. He, if you go to the Salem store, he, I think it's still there. He had he had, he had a plaque for a while. And had, like it goes back. It was like Rocky Patel, like nineteen ninety nine or something like that. Um, so yeah, I know he's been doing it a long time, but I remember it, it came yeah, up in a conversation recently too. He was like, "It's like, yeah, you know, I did it first, not for nothing, but uh, <laughs> <you know." laughs> and then everyone else started doing it." <laughs> well, that, that's what happens, Dave. When you're around longer than everybody else, there's a lot of firsts you did, yeah. and that's yeah. a good thing. That's right. a good thing. Longe- longevity thing, yeah. proves yep. longevity, and and longevity that proves a lot of things. And there, yeah, there's a lot of things that uh, that Dave's done wrong. There's a lot of things that Coop's done wrong. Uh, in their long in their long history and and unfortunately matt you and i have a lot to look forward to in terms of the things we're going to get wrong and it's going to happen and i'll do a lot more <laughs> and i'm going to do a lot more wrong down the line i mean i didn't even talk about the article where i got the fda ruling wrong on the halloween massacre article that that was another disaster and that was because i took a shortcut that day and i didn't validate mm. i was i rushed the story out and i paid the price lucky gun loop caught it very early so um and i was wrong so yeah well, if I wasn't so reliant on just, you know, I won't say yeah. cheap, but mediocre technology. Yep. I mean, my hundredth, my hundredth episode, which I planned to a T, I even had the timing down right and everything. And I get Pete Johnson to agree to the show. And this is before Pete and I had a, Pete and I have really built a really fine relationship, which is great. It kind of stemmed off of this take that was absolutely just die. I mean, it had the potential to be a dumpster fire, but it ended up being something pretty organic and cool. But my my internet cuts out, my electricity goes out in the middle of the show, and you know, Pete was patient enough to hang in there, and he realized that something happened, and he's and then he pulls up Facebook and he starts answering questions from the chat. I mean, he's pretty <laughs> hosting the show. He started hosting, hosting the show. The show that, uh... And it happened again uh, when I had the McAuliffe uh, gents on, you know, Dan and you know Dan and Andy, and it happened recently again with uh, Jack Serrano. And and luckily, I pray I prepare every guest now for the possibility of it. But you know, it some things you can't prepare. You could, but you could I, lose a whole show like Aaron and I did once. We lost true. the episode six, which terrifies me. Which terrifies me every yeah. time I go live on this. Got to be honest. From that lesson, well, we were, from that we were, lesson that you we taught were, me, because it terrifies the shit out of me every time. Well, that, that was the technology we were using Google Hangouts back then, which was a big mistake. So that was kind of what precipitated getting off of Google Hangouts, uh, just because that that was not meant to be. When you start building a show up, you got to have the platform for it. Um, so, John and I lost the first smoking tobacco show. We were twenty two minutes in. Little thing just shit the bed. Now, yeah, it happened. I will say. <laughs> The fault, like, I'll say this probably. I'll get shot for it later. The fault lies on John on that one. <laughs> he, had a, he had a shit laptop. <laughs> just, and he knew it too. And he, he was like, dude, I didn't need a laptop. This this laptop just couldn't handle doing a live broadcast. <laughs> it was the best show that you've ever done, though, right, Matt? Because 
No one will ever oh, yeah. know the difference, right? It's the most riveting, riveting 22 minutes of, of live broadcasting. Oh, yeah. no, no one gets to, no one gets to, <laughs> no, no one gets to know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, we've been there too, you know, and it sucks. You know, when you go down, you're like, people were watching, and then it's just like that you're sitting there in front of a, a blank screen, you're like, what do we do? And you yeah. have that moment of panic. And Bear, I can only imagine with you, with, I mean, you, that was our first episode that no one expects that to be like the Grammys. You're already <laughs> doing big episodes and you, and you drop down. And I'll be honest with yeah. you, it, it, it is, is prepared and as well set up as we are. There's always that chance that for whatever reason you lose it. And then you're like, ah, oh, damn it. And then, you know, it, it, sometimes you just can't control that. It's beyond your control. No, I, I don't, it, it absolutely is. And that's, I think that's the, the, you kind of, you have to have a kind of a humor. You have to have good humor about this, you know, this, otherwise you're just going to go batshit crazy. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things that like, I, you know, I, Coop and I have these discussions and I, like I talk, I've talked Coop off the ledge a few times um, just because, you know, and I, and I deal with anxiety too some, from time to time. But I, I mean, I remember the interview right before we had the opportunity to interview uh hanky kellner and eladio diaz oh. and he was oh, just concerned about like this and that and like stuff that i mean i'm and i'm just literally sitting there and i'm like hey man just we're good we're ready like it's all good it's gonna be fine i was like the axle was so tightly wound that day in the dominican republic i, I it was yeah i that was that was tight i was tight that day for sure before that interview Definitely. So I, I kind of wanted to, to, we've kind of answered some of these questions already, just kind of this, how this, this discussion's kind of developed organically, but I'm going to pose this question to you, Matt, and then I want to, and, and you've kind of answered it in some way or form or fashion, but I'm going to be asking more direct right now. And then Coop, I actually want you to bookend the show and, and, and answer it a little bit towards the end here. Sure. Um, so Matt, what is it that you've learned in your time specifically from what we'll call old school media. And this could be someone like Coop. This could be something like Dave, who's been around as we were talking, we were just kind of busting his balls about or cigar aficionado. Some of these older uh, cigar media outlets that have been doing this for decades now. Um, and Coop, you qualify because you're 10 years plus. So you, you are in the, you are in the plural I'm of old, that. So, old, so. <laughs> But you know, what have what have you learned specifically from them that you've been able to take and approach in, in the short tenure that you've had? Well, <clears throat> when I first started um, in media, uh, you know, D Dave was the one who, who gave me my first start with uh, the Ashholes podcast. Um, so I got a firsthand experience learning from him directly. Um, just kind of like the ins and outs of the generals of like the do or the do's and don'ts of podcasting and, and media as a whole. <clears throat> so I had like someone, I had, I had him specifically as a mentor to learn from. Um, and it was really good. Cause you know, everyone knows, you know, Dave's very successful the cigar authority. You, you, you've all heard of it. I know you have, I'm not even going to ask if you have, cause I know you have. And anyone who hasn't heard of the cigar authority probably just hasn't been smoking long enough. I don't know. Um, so to, to have someone like that, it was, was key. And one of the things that Dave said to me, and I, I try to, I try to 
to take this advice, but I will admit after every show, it becomes harder to do uh, was, oh, you know, the, the, one of the big things was, well, podcast shouldn't be like two hours long. It's too long. The Cigar Authority is not supposed to be two hours long, but it is. You know, the ideal time is like, you know, half hour to 45. And and I I, I, and I tried to take that. And over time, I learned, like, I just I can't do it. There's just too much to do. And my show keeps getting longer. Um, but no, I mean, I, I've learned I've learned kind of. I learned with my, you know, a lot of stuff we've already talked about. I, I, I learned with just how to handle myself in certain situations. Um, like with the cigar of the year. Um, I learned from that experience. I learned to, I learned preparation. I've seen shows where people go into them unprepared. And if you're really good, not that you should go into it unprepared, but if you're really good, you can maybe save yourself um but there's always that chance where you won't be able to and then you're going to make a fool of yourself and you get you get information wrong you say the wrong thing it happened to me recently i i had a guest on the show and um i was a little unprepared and that was on me there's no excuse for it and um i i had said something to someone and they were like well actually i already do that and i was like oh and i'm like well i just look like an idiot um so i would say preparation is one you know learning from people who who are prepared and those who are not i've seen podcasts who are like very unorganized and mismatched and i just i see the product that they present with that uh, strategy and it's it's not great um because i mean when at the end of the day un, if you're unorganized it, you don't you don't really have anything to, to build off of so that's probably the biggest thing number one is just preparation whether it's the, the content, the questions, doing the homework on the guest, or even just your setup, you know, being like, have everything you need, make sure everything's working properly. Um, you know, technical issues are something that we all are familiar with. Um, technical issues happen, but they are less likely the more prepared you are and the more you make sure you have the right stuff, you're set up the right way, you test it, you do all those things, you know, you get on early, you know, you don't, you know, your show starts at 1030. We didn't just log in at 1030 and be like, all right, here we go. Like, you know, you, you, you put in the time to, to get everyone on here, set everything up, make sure everything's good, make adjustments. So preparation is like, I would say the number one thing. Um, and probably the most important thing because without it, I mean, what do you have? You, you, you're, you're just slapping something together and it looks, and it looks like there's no effort and someone watching the show and you, you talk about sponsorships, you know, people who are going to invest money into your show and your, and your, and your brand, you know, they're going to see that and they're going to be like, why, why am I, why am I going to invest in this guy? He's not organized. The viewers are going to see it. Why am I watching this show? They just look like a bunch of idiots up there talking a bunch of nonsense. They're like, they don't know what they're doing. They don't look, they don't look like, you know, they're professional or present themselves the right way. Uh, so people see that too. I mean, it, it's all about what you put into it. So that's probably what I've learned. Um, just watching the way, you know, even like the way you do it, the way Coop does it, the way David does it, the way, you know, the do dojo does it kma does it um you know to name some people who are very successful just kind of following you know that that lead of um preparedness i can't stress it enough and that's why i, I go on about it so much is because it, it is so important so here's something that we were talking about earlier about falling on the sword. And I think that that is something that I learned very long ago is, is being prepared, Matt, to your point, 
But at the same time, if you're not a hundred percent sure, you can frame the question that way. Mm-hmm. Because again, we're all here to learn. Yes, we're here to like as hosts of a podcast or hosts of a show, you're you're driving the conversation, yes. But at the same time, we're all here to learn something. And so what we can do as as you know, as all the students essentially, because that's what we all are. Um, we can, you can frame the question in a way that's like, Hey, I'm, I, I may be wrong on this, but to my understanding or to my knowledge, X, Y, and Z. And then in the example that you gave, Oh, we actually already do that. Okay. Well, fantastic. I've learned something about it. Um, and so certain certainty, like, uh, you know, it's like the age old adage that attorneys like, don't ever ask a question that you don't know the answer to. Uh, I have fallen victim to that so many times. Um, um, I've asked questions where I didn't know where I was going to go. It happened earlier tonight. Um, that's the first time Coop's ever shared with me. Coop and I have been friends for over four years now, and we've talked about some pretty st- deep stuff. And that's the first time I've ever heard him say about his family that doesn't support him. And it's just my heart's aching over here. It really is. It's troubling. I try to be positive sometimes. So, <laughs> But, yeah, it's hard not to say it, especially after this past week. So. So, and and Coop, we're going to be asking this you to you later mm-hmm. down the yep. road here. But just to kind of move along here, because um, I I I think we've a couple other things before we're going to get into some more fun segments. Um, when I talked about the uh, the approach um, to coverage, now we've all talked about our unique styles and everything as well um, already. But um, this this one has has to do with what do you like about your counter in this, in the frame of this discussion. So like, so Coop, I'll, I'll start with you. What do you like about newer media? Some of the newer media brands that have launched in recent years that you've kind of seen, you've literally seen from this, from the start. What, what, what do you, what do you like about their approach? You know, I like that a lot of people try to take a fresh approach and, um, Matt and the reason why I think Matt and Nicole one of the the stars is I go back to Fred Ruiz's book Be the Line and I and I mentioned this book a lot um, where basically he talks about how to differentiate yourself you know um, the idea of um, there's a bunch of lemons on the shelf but the lime's going to stand out and you know I look at like bear what you've done with your show um, good example is the whole charity segment right which again you know a fresh idea Matt with Matt doing the sports segment and the soap segments, right? Fresh ideas. You know, you bring a fresh idea to the table. Um, and the ones, the new media people, I think that are really good about it. Um, bring that fresh approach to it. Um, which I think is, is, is important. Um, because we need to, we, we don't need the carbon copy stuff. Um, and as new, as these new brands come out, um, I kind I kind of really, like it you know there's there's some of you know some of the youtube guys have even done some unique things as well um so you know i i kind of think that those you know as long as you're bringing new ideas to the table and not like 20 people trying to do the same thing um that's that's where that's where i really respect the guys who are trying you know turning opening up other avenues here and just showing the creativity of the media side has 
what you know what is it about like and so that's an, that's another thing we could have brought up earlier with your lancero lancero hatership you don't you don't hate youtubers let's get that out in the open right you don't hate youtubers no, no I, I i don't um whether you're a youtube look whether you're a youtuber a, a blogger a podcaster um it doesn't matter the issues i've had with maybe the youtubers were more in the, the spotlight were were more ethical types of things that i saw going on that i didn't like um but i you know look the youtubers and the instagram people are where we were 10 years ago with as, as the bloggers right um and i think we have to be open to that that's another form of media that's that's rising but they have to they it has to be done you know it can't be the wild west like it was 10 years ago it, it has to be we, we, you know there's simple things like produce produce content you know things like that um and just have a general respect, have a general respect for the uh, industry and the people in it. And if I've been critical of some YouTubers or I've also been criti equally critical of podcasts, some, uh, some podcasts and some bloggers in that case. So it's not a, you know, look, you know, YouTube is, you know, we, we know a lot of YouTubers, you know, they're, they're our friends. You know, Bob the Cigar Guys, I consider him a friend. Um, you know, Stogie were you guys were the original YouTubers. Um, so, you know, these we we want these guys to do well. Um, it's not, you know, and there was there were other people in the media who didn't have necessarily the same opinion of that, though. I'll say that. And that's OK, too. But but that was my opinion. You know, um, we have to kind of embrace embrace this form of media. So that the same question kind of goes to you, Matt. Um, and I, I really, I, I want to, I, before I, before I let you answer, Matt, I, I really want to say really quickly, there, there's a, there's a really riveting conversation going on in the chat right now that's going back and forth between some of our audience and it's really great stuff. And I, I want our audience to know that I'm not necessarily ignoring it, but it's, it's going on and kind of in the background here and we've got kind of a structure that I've set up. Uh, again, I'm not ignoring it at all. Um, I think it's a very, very, very good discussion. It's, good, it's really good. It's a very good point being made by everyone there. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 really fantastic. I also would want to do that, just like um, yeah. I try to. I would like I would like to have a um, I would like to have do that that discussion in yeah. those points justice can, can, rather than can I say going one point? on the fly. Can I sure. say one point? Please. Luciano's on our show Thursday with Aaron, and I'm going to give him an opportunity to hit some of these points. So, oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. So just like you know, Luciano, uh, I think this is a good conversation to put in there. Yeah. I. And, and and listen, if you guys, if you're listening live, uh, if you're watching live, check, pay pay attention to the chat because it is it, it's it's a, there, it's a some good, very it's, it's, very it's, important it's, questions that are being brought up. Uh, I, I think it's great stuff. Yep. If you're listening to this later via podcast, come back to my LOS from our page, go to the live broadcast uh, posts and check out the discussion that's going on about the yep. labor issues that are going on in the cigar industry. Uh, some brilliant yeah. points being made by Luciano Mireles, a manufacturer of, of above reproach, in my opinion. Um, Great guy. In a lot of, lot of ways, just, I, I, I have tremendous amount of admiration for him. So this, this is, this what, is what really a job he's done. A hundred percent done. Yeah, in the last couple of years, yeah. Sure. So uh, I digress, but Matt, but thank you, Luciano, sincerely, sincerely. Yep. Um, Matt, just to bring it back to you here, I want to kind of ask the same thing of you. What, what have you taken from 
old me or what have you really admired about them that you wanted to, you wanted to differentiate yourself? Yes. We already kind of discussed that point, but how, what have you taken from them? Um, similar to the way that Coop has admired about new media. Well, I would associate it with, I mean, and I've had these conversations with, with Coop and, and some of the older guys as well as, you know, when, when a lot of those guys came into the scene, you know, media, media in general was, was frowned upon. Oh yeah. Uh, I know, I know there was a time when, you know, even the, the trade show, you know, that they didn't want media in there and, there are some some people who, who fought for that. And when people like Coop, you know, first were, you know, at the trade show as media, um, you know, it was like, oh, like the media is here. They're asking questions. Ugh, the eye roll. Um, and I feel like it was there was a level of respect, maybe, that just had to be earned. Like and by that, I mean, I think that those guys had to just show like, you know, we're, we're not just here. And I know and before I get too far into this rabbit hole, you know, Coop, you, you and I've had this conversation. Um, there are people who who've gone to trade shows who are media, so to speak. And, I, and for those who are not watching, if you're listening the air quotes, media, um, using that as a vessel to get to these trade shows um, just because they want a fangirl. Or they want to they want to trick or treat for samples and and whatnot and just and just meet these guys like oh they they, they want to meet Nick Perdomo and Jonathan Drew and you know Carlos Fuente, um, and doing it for the wrong reasons and I think that there's there's always like that kind of fear with people and I think that's kind of a fear that I think a lot of those people had in the beginning like well who are all these media people, and then over time they were kind of like the uh, the trailblazers. You know, Coop, I put you in that category as a as a trailblazer, who someone who who did it for the right reasons, who's you know respected the game, uh, so to speak, and and you earn that respect with those guys, and you show like, no, I'm I'm just here to 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 share in the industry. I'm not a cigar maker. I'm not a retailer, but I right. love the industry and I want to help. And my approach to helping is I want to get your information out. I want you know what do you have that's coming? What's new? What are you making? Uh, what what do you want people to know so that they can go and buy your product? I will be the vessel that gets that information to them. And, you know, it proved to be like, you know, that, well, that's very valuable, you know, and people, people get to know. And the same thing with the bloggers and, and the bloggers were, were a huge thing. Cause you know, those are the people who are going online and publishing information and talking about stuff, talking about what's new and talking about what they like, and what they don't like. And just because they don't like something doesn't mean you shouldn't buy it. It's what, you know, it's, it's, they personally didn't like it and it's why, but maybe it works for someone else, all good information. And I think that I, what I take from that is the people who came before me as like a previous generation you know, and cooping in, like I said before, like a trailblazer uh, among the, tra the trailblazing class of that generation, opened the doors for people like me to come in and follow behind and learn from, you know, like we were talking about before, you know, learn from them, learn what works, what doesn't work, you know, and, and make those decisions and, and kind of form the way that I want to do that. Um, but I think a lot of credit has to be given to those people. Now, I'm not trying to steer away from this. And I, I think that you guys are going to get into this later. So I'll just, I'll just lightly just stroke it on the back here. Um, <clears throat> that being said, you know, I, I take from them all the things that they do right. And the reasons why, you know, they are a respected part of the industry. And I think there are some people and Coop, we've also talked about this, you know, yep. there, there's, there's people who, who emerge and they, whether they just don't realize how involved this you know, 
job is that we all undertake, or if they just emerge for the wrong reasons, um, those people don't last. And I think we've gotten to a point now where the media yeah. has a level of respect and people just know who good media is. And there's an expectation of what good media is. And when you don't meet that expectation, you don't get that respect and you don't last long because you're not doing it in a way that I think is a standard that people like yourself have set. Um, and that's just what I've taken from it is there is a method to the madness, so to speak, and how, you know, we all do cigar media. Um, and that I think is the, is a, cr a critical part as well. Yeah, man, I, that's a, you're right on point with that. You know, the one thing that, you know, you talk about the trailblazing piece. The one thing I wasn't in on was when the decision was finally made to bring online media in. And I've been critical of, of online media laying down on the rule that you can't ask for samples at the trade show, right? Even though it's not enforced. And people say, why do you get all wrapped around the axle for that? Because they put a separate set of rules for online media versus print media. Like print media does not have that restriction. So why is online media, why am I still paying the price eight or nine years down the road for a couple of guys who sinned? And here's what I don't, I don't want that to happen to the, if the YouTubers and Instagram people are coming in, they should be, we all should be under a set of rules that works for everybody. So um, I think that's important, you know, and I think this is going to become a bigger question of, of those mediums getting into trade shows in the next few years. So I think it's an important point to make as well. As some of us now become the older guard or have been the older guard, I think we need to just look out and make sure that media stays healthy as a whole. So just to, just to segment off of it for two seconds, just to kind of peel back the curtain on, on, on a point that made, Matt made earlier and to talk about uh, the responsibility and stuff. I think it's a responsibility of our, to our guests and to our audience to also, you know, to also gauge who we're actually speaking with. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there, I, it's, I, I mean, I, I start, I kick the show off in my same exuberant way every, every, every week. And there's some people that are uh, comfortable with it and kind of match, you know, match the intensity of it, you know, right out the gate too. And then there's people that are caught right off guard of it. Like we were mentioning Charlie Minato earlier. Uh, I, 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 I think I really shocked that poor, that poor guy <laughs> a little bit uh, when, uh, when I kicked off the show. And, um, but then I was able to dial it back because he obviously, you know, it obviously shook him and I want my guests to feel comfortable because I think that delivers the best quality product. To that point, there's a lot that when I go into research mode for these shows, I think it's I, I listen to a lot of interviews. I read a lot of interviews because I want to get an idea, not of necessary. I want to get ideas, yes, of what to talk about. But more importantly, I want to get to know the person. I want to know their their their. I want to know how they talk. I want to know how they, they how they like answer questions. And we call these things we call these things idiosyncrasies, but I think they're very important. Um, you know, some of us, you know, we, we all catch criticism for sometimes using like the same words all the time. Like uh, I think me and Aaron are in a battle of who uses the word fantastic more often in a sentence, um, for example. Um, and my pronunciation of words, I, I pride myself on good diction, but um, I mean, Cigar Craig, who's been doing this for a long time, actually reached out to me recently. He was like, hey, I've just really recently, he's like, I love your show, but you know, He's like, I just want to make sure that I'm, you're using a word and I want to make sure that I'm, mis I'm mishearing it 
because you're saying it wrong. And it was totally my mispronunciation of a word. I know that I know what exactly what he was talking about. I was like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I gotta got be me better. Those I gotta be better about this. <laughs> Cause you got me on those too. Um, and, uh, so, but it's, it's important. It's important to take that. Uh, it's important to take that approach. I think, uh, the thing that I've learned that I've wanted to emulate from old media is to, that's a standard, you know, Cigar Authority is a standard. Cigar Coop is a standard. Cigar Aficionado is a standard of excellence. And it's something that I want to achieve. I want to achieve it differently because I have a different voice and I have a different agenda that I want to accomplish. But it's it's still a standard that I want to meet. Now, from I would I would still consider myself relatively new as well. I'll be celebrating four years later this year of my podcast. Um, but at the same time, I still think consider myself new, but I love some of the new stuff that, that folks are doing. I love what Matt, Nicole, and John are doing. I love what Matt and Garrett are doing on how about that cigar. Yeah. Um, I thought this past year was awesome <laughs> with all the new, you know, so many people dipping their toes in the water, so many manufacturers dipping their toes in the water. It's, um, it's been a fun year from, from the aspect of where we sit. And I, I think, I think you all agree. I'm maybe I'm wrong. Feel free to disagree with me. You know, there was, there was ultimately it came down a lot, a lot didn't survive and I'm not gonna put the manufacturers in. They were in a, they had to become content creators. A lot of them, you know, during the pandemic, you know, McCall's done a good job at obviously keeping that going as well as Fuente. Um, but you know, a lot of people got into it. They realized it's work. They realize it's a lot of work. Um, so, you know, and, and we saw that with the blogs, too. Like, I always said that if a lot of blogs didn't even last a month, but the people who kept telling me we're going to start a blog were the ones who didn't make it at all. They kept talking about it for like a year, and then it never happened or it lasted a month. So because they realize the amount of, it, you know, and then they get away from the whole point of why they got into cigars is because, you know, they want to enjoy cigars. And maybe the media piece just wasn't, you know, they loved having a media piece, but the work to put into it was the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, so to speak. One hundred percent. So, the last kind of uh, last kind of quick question here before we kind of dive into our more fun segments for the night here, gentlemen. I really appreciate this conversation. It's been it's been fantastic. Um, uh, is the most unique interview that you've done? Not the best. Because we again, well, we don't really want to piss any people off, and I don't want to ask for the worst because we don't want to piss any people off. But the most unique experience where you sat back afterwards and you were like, "That was really, that was really different." And it could be different, cool. It could be different, not cool. But that was really different. And I kind of want to focus more on the cool way if we could lean that direction. But that was really, that was a really unique experience. What, what was that interview for you um, thus far? I'll, I'll kick things off. I go back to this and I've reflected on this interview a few times, um, but just to kind of give you guys some context. So um, like tonight and like a couple of weeks ago, actually last week and the week before, I've had a guest who I have not met in person on my show. And I've had limited conversation with prior to the show beginning. Lee Marsh, Stolen Throne Cigars, Antoine Reed of Tobacco Business, and now Matt Tobacco. Now we've engaged each other on social media and we've had some side conversations, comments, what have you. Um, but 
I still don't get tired of. And the first experience I had with this was Miguel Chardell of Crowned Heads. I had not met him. Uh, I had not talked to him. I asked him to be on my show. I told him what I wanted to talk about. And he loved the idea and he agreed to be on it. That was it. That was the context of our, our, our conversation. He jumps on and we immediately hit it off. Like, and I mean, when I, I say hit it off, like we have some of the same loves like baseball, but obscure shit, like, like our love of presidents of the United States is really random. Um, and, you know, history and some other aspects of it. And uh, even our, even our faith, which is, you know, that's a much deeper conversation, but I mean, we, I mean, it was like I was meeting my brother and that was such an, I mean, I sat back after that interview and I was like, man, damn, that was fun. And I never get tired of it. And I've had several instances like that since, and especially recently. And I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's so much fun uh, because you're getting to know somebody right off the bat, like firsthand. And it's just, it's the coolest experience ever. I would say I think Coop I think Coop already knows my answer based on uh yeah, look I can see him chuckling over there too. He he knows he knows where I'm going with this and he and yeah. he knows that it involves him too. Um <laughs> I think I know too. <laughs> you yeah, I th- and I think anyone who knows my show knows what my answer is and if you saw my anniversary show you know why. And the anniversary show was specifically was specifically put together because of this reason uh, <laughs> and that is because probably my answer is going to be matt booth from room 101 um and i kind of had the same thing most of my people who have on the show i've never met in person before either um and matt was one of those people and i had very limited communication with him before he came on the show it was kind of the same thing i was like hey we'd love to have you come on if you're interested, this is who we are, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, man. I'll totally be on there. Cool. Set up a date. This is how you get on. Awesome dog. That was all I had. Then he comes on. Um, and, you know, when I told people he was coming on, Bear told me what to expect. Coop told me what to expect. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yep. All right. And, and I listen because, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I take tips and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. I'll, uh, you know, I just, but you, it, you don't really, it's not that I don't believe, like, I'm like, no, I, I, t- I value that information, but you don't really get it until you're on there, especially <laughs> with him. And then you're there and you're like, oh shit, here we go. They were not lying and they weren't exaggerating. <laughs> this is real. And the first time he came on my show, it was, it was a great time. I loved it. And I remember getting off and I mean, I've had some, some, awesome people on the show and it's been legendary and it was just an honor uh and i and i and i love that and appreciate it but with him it was just so different from anything else i'd ever done it was so out of control but it was great and then it was the next night he was on primetime and or maybe it was the week after i know no no it was the next day i think it was literally the next day he was on it was like around that yeah we had him unfortunately booked back to back yeah which was and coop was all like hey i didn't know but i'm like hey don't worry about it. it's fine whatever it's okay like i i don't think anything do whatever you gotta do yeah no happens it's it's gonna happen yeah but it was actually it actually worked out very well that it happened that way because it was so <laughs> fresh. So it, it, he goes on to primetime the next night and, you know, it, it was a topic of conversation and watching the way that Coop dealt with him, too, was so entertaining. And I came up in conversation a few times 
And it just whenever he's on with Coop, it's just so it's so different and entertaining. And the way he gets just the reactions he gets out of Coop is hilarious. So when we put in the anniversary <laughs> show together, I was like, you know, I had so much fun with Matt Booth. I think it would be good. It's a celebration show and I, he would be wild. It'd be cool. And so I invited him and he was like, absolutely. I'll be there, whatever you need. And then Nicole said to me, she's like, oh, she's like, yeah, there's someone else we have to have on the show. And I was like, who? <laughs> And and I'm th- and we were actually on the air and she like kind of made that comment to me. So while we're doing a show, I'm like thinking, I'm like, who who is she thinking? Because when she said it, her face lit up. She's like, oh no, and I was like, who is she thinking? Who is she thinking? And then she texted me, and she's like, Coop, and I was like, oh, how did I not even see that coming? It's so <laughs> obvious. Why don't we get the two of them on the show? And it's not even like he went on Coop's show. It's neutral territory for them. They're both the guest, and I can stick them against each other. Well, really, it's just <laughs> I stick Matt against Coop, and then Coop great. has to deal cool. with it. <laughs> and exactly, it was great. yeah. And, and, and I knew what it was going to be, yeah. And Bear, I, I don't... There's a certain part of that show that went down, and I don't know how explicit this show is, um, like in terms of like what I can get away with here. But I think you know what I'm talking about. There was a comment that Matt made about Coop that Carney still brings up to me like on a weekly basis. He'll still say like we were like we were in Florida, we were in Miami, you know, a week or so ago, and we're sitting in a lounge and we're hanging out. We were at Empire in Miami, and Carney just looks at me and just randomly just goes, "I still can't believe that Coop that Matt Booth said that Coop throws around the dick like Hercules." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he, he had said, he goes, yeah, Coop's just like one hand on the back of the head. You just, you're not going to get that from almost anybody else. I mean, you're not no. getting that from Nick Perdomo or like Steve soccer. And, you know, there's some Call well, but the only other one I could see doing that. But yeah, it's like, you just, you don't get that. And it's so unique. Um, and he, and he does it with such confidence. Cause he, I think he just, he just doesn't care. You know, he, he, he is who he is and he's comfortable with himself and that's great. And that's really what life's all about and props to him. Uh, but yeah, I've, that's, that's my answer. And I, that was pretty easy. <laughs> to explain. In an industry, <laughs> in an industry that is fraught, that's for you, cigar, Craig fraught <laughs> with, people who are comfortable in their own skin was that the word you were pronouncing wrong yes because it, it was it was coming across <laughs> as froth like i'm like yeah that's 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 the foam off of a beer so yes froth is the word in an industry that is fraught with people who are so comfortable in their own skin and you just named a few right yeah. nick perdomo steve saka carlito fuente the list goes on right this this industry is full of them nobody Nobody is more comfortable with who they are. And, the, and it's even more impressive because it is Matt Booth <laughs> because of the type of personality he is. It's, it's a hundred percent of entertainment, a hundred percent of the time. Um, and, but the sincerity behind him is probably the most intriguing thing about him. Yeah. And I, that's, that's something I, I I've, I've loved about Matt from day one since the moment I met him. I mean, 
I asked this guy at a cigar event when I first met him to, to autograph a box of cigars for me. And he did, and he was so proud of it. And I was so excited. And I turned that box around and sure enough, his signature was on there and he drew an illustration of a bear and a penis <laughs> and let your imagination run wild because that's what it was. <laughs> that was his autograph to me. And that's my, and I, I like there's I was not mad in the slightest at all. Ever like a couple of people were like, oh, were you disappointed? Were you wanting something? Because were you wanting something sincere? I was like, is this not sincere? <laughs> like, like true. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, it, you know, it it it's what you would expect from Matt Booth. It's like you you see something like that, like the hell kind of autograph is that? Well, it's Matt it's Booth. Matt, I mean, that's Matt that's Booth. authentic. <laughs> Matt Ty uh, brings up the perfect metaphor. It's like herding cats on meth in a hurricane. That's a Matt Booth interview. Oh yeah. You see, though, but the thing with Matt and I, we do know each other a long time, um, so I'm not uncomfortable knowing Matt. I, I know how to play Matt back. I know how to kind of, you know, I kind of know how to steer that interview. But I know what I'm expect. I know what to expect too. Um, but sometimes he'll shock me. I'm not gonna lie to you. So, <laughs> that was that one definitely surprised me on, on, on that show. I can tell you I'll that. Tell, you know what? I'll tell you this for for the for the for the prospective podcasters for this industry that might be watching or listening. Um, you know, if you're if you're if you're coming up the ranks and you you haven't had any real heavy hitters uh, for in, for interviewees yet. Um, you know, Carlito Fuente, Cynthia Fuente, Nick Perdomo, big names, big deal. They come on your show. You know, yeah. be prepared. That's going to, you know, that it'll change your life. Um, it, it, it's going to be serious. You know, even Jose Blanco, that was, it was a serious episode, but you won't be tested with your podcasting skills until the guy like Matt Booth from room one one comes on your show. Um, that's, that's, that's where we separate the men from the boys. <laughs> so, so true story. The first time we interviewed Booth, was on Stogie Geeks <laughs> in 2013. So we're prepping for the show, Paul Asadorian and I. And I go, Paul, just be prepared to expect the unexpected in this interview. I said, I really know Matt well, and I know how this is going to go. And he's like, he goes, he goes, Will, don't worry about this. I'm doing this 10 years. I've seen it all, right? He goes, um, <laughs> I got this. Don't worry. And, and, and Paul was kind of the lead guy, and I was the caller commentator at the time. About 10 minutes into the interview, Paul messages me. He says, we're throwing the script out the window. You were right. <laughs> and Matt has camera upside down. There's all sorts of antics going on. And uh, and th that was like one of our biggest shows that we had, you know, and that was like a big game guest we had brought on. Dude, just and, look uh, at yeah. the way he just sits there and he looks at the camera the whole time. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a good impression. That's pretty spot on. Yeah, he, he he's done it from like he was in a coop, car. Coop, coop. And then he cuts you off. Coop, coop. Tell me. Did you have a bowel movement today? <laughs> Something random. <laughs> and you're like, yes. where's he going with this? <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Was it solid? He... Yes, I did have. you have to it push was, it out? It was pleasant. <laughs> did you, did did you, you wipe the good? Paper yeah, yeah. Did you have to shower it or was it good enough? Okay. Yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's like, what was that? <laughs> but then my job is a real map back in. Back, back in. Yeah. And then you ask, you try to ask him like the, the juicy questions that you always want to ask. Like, so, you know, you're coming out with, um, you know, the X, Y, and Z, you know, you, it's, you know, it's going to be in three sizes. You're going to offer it in three wrappers and blah, blah, blah. 
Um, you know, who's making us go? Who the fuck cares where it's made? Just smoke it, man. That's all that matters. That's a cigar. <laughs> who gives a shit who makes it? It could be made in a, under the freeway. It's a good cigar, so smoke it. It's like, uh, all right, well, that's the answer you're gonna get. Um, Matt, yeah, that's it, a, that's uncanny. That's you're, <laughs> that's brilliant. Like, that's that's. I, there's some good impressions yeah, that go man. on in this industry. That's probably one of the best ones I've heard. That's a really good Matt Booth. Yeah, that's fucking you awesome. Nailed that. You have nailed down. <laughs> I just hope that Matt watches it and he sees that and he'll be like. <laughs> I don't talk that way, man. <laughs> but Matt, tell me, me first. Tell me first. <laughs> have you ever smelled Calaline lotion? Seriously, have you ever smelled it? Uh no, because I've never <laughs> I've never needed to use it. Um so no, but I imagine. But moving on, about the doomsayer or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> No, we did this. We did the John Carney did his uh, his soap segment, and 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 he was so intrigued by that. He's like, "Oh, one moment, I'll be back." And he gets up and he leaves. I'm like, "Where the hell did he go?" And he comes back and he has his own soap. And I'm like, "Oh God, here we go." <laughs> and he's like, "It's the soap for haters. Wash away the hate." And he shows it. I'm like, "He's like, I have it in my guest bathroom, so that way when people come to my house, they can wash their hate off. They don't bring it into my home." And I'm like. Okay, he was really prepared for this. I didn't even know he was gonna have his own damn soap, <laughs> or that it would even be interesting. <laughs> That's just the kind of guy he is. You never know what you're gonna get with him. You really, you really don't. And and when you guys told me like, listen, um, he will take the show away from you. I'm like, huh, all right, you know, well, just, uh, I'll, I'll try to be prepared. And I said something to him, and I, it started off, you know, like a, a, a not a gentle walk in the park, but it was not a full blown marathon or. Or a, a mosh pit fight at a death metal show, but it was, it was somewhere in between. It, it was tolerable, and I made a comment to him within the first ten minutes. I was like, "Yeah, I was you know I was told that um, you know you after like the first 15, 20 minutes is really when you begin to open up." And he's like, "Oh, have you not noticed? I am in control of the show, or so whatever he said." <laughs> it was like, "Oh, I, I have I have I have let off my podcasting leash, man." You have no idea what we're about to get into. That is a spot on. <laughs> that's so fucking good, man. God, God, that is good. I want you to ask. And he says to me, he goes, I want you to ask William Cooper about his salad days. And I said, his what? <laughs> salad days, man. I want to know what Coop's take is on his salad days. We're going to bring it up on the show tonight. And I said, I don't know what the hell that means, but okay. And I remember saying to Coop, I go, so Matt wants to talk about your salad days. And then he talked about the salad days being the beginnings or whatever. And then he got into this tangent about soup plantation. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to pretend. I knew like both I, of these. And I'm lucky I knew both of these things, too. Yeah. He I, didn't I, expect me to know both of them. Like, I don't, I don't think John. I think John kind of knew what it was. But, like, I was like, I'm not going to lie. He kept going on about soup plantation. And I'm like, is this code for something? Like, what the <laughs> hell is soup plantation? And then Carney's like. Is that kind of like sweet tomatoes? Like it's like a soup place. And I'm like, oh, it's actually a soup place. I thought it was code for like some sort of like death plantation, like something bad. Because you never know with him. Who knows? And, I, and he just goes on and on about soup plantation. And then, oh, I was very like, you know, I was not intrigued at going when I first went. But I went anyway. And he tells this whole story. And I'm like, I literally thought he was talking about something like that was not actually soup. 
Um, and then it actually turned out it was a soup place. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. It just sounded weird to me. And I was like, I, I don't know what that is, but I, I was so happy that quickly I, I learned. Um, yep. And then Coop's like, yeah, no, I know what it is. And I'm like, oh, thank God, because I felt like an idiot. It, it. <laughs> Awesome. I'm so, sorry, Barry. I didn't mean to like derail the whole show with that. Oh, it's 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 all good. I um so I, before I mean before we go further, there's a you know obviously a couple of, like I said our fun segments we need to get through, and I had I told you guys about some other questions I wanted to ask. I also want to be respectful of everyone's time tonight too. I mean, how are we looking on time, guys? Because uh, we're you know we are already a couple hours into the show, and I just want to make sure that we're all we're all good here. Um, I'm good. Or, I'm good on time. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. Yep. I'm yours too. I'm we're, yep. we're having a good time. I'm locked in right now, so I'm. I'm <laughs> We could just do the rest of your show in a Matt Booth impression. Don't please don't. Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could take it. <laughs> like he's really here, really taking over the show and changing the whole format. <laughs> exactly. Just like <laughs> Bear, the show belongs to me now. Losing it, Coop. Coop, one of your most unique experiences. Um, yeah, you know, I'll take the celebrity interview piece out because they're they're unique, but they're different. But Bear, I'm gonna go back. This ain't that far along. There's two examples I have. Um, so the first one goes way back to when um, Aaron and I interviewed Charlie and Jack Tarano. Um, and what was significant about that is we it was the first time we had someone who got out of the industry for a while and told the story about how he got out of the industry. Um, it was kind of one of those moments that we just knew we were onto something special, but it was unusual because they're not talking about, you know, then a lot of times, look, we're, they're on there to kind of promote their brand or whatever. This was a very different story. This talked about, you know, kind of the end of a brand. And, you know, there was some, we learned after that show that there were Tarano employees who didn't even notice stuff that was being said that was said that night. And Charlie opened up for the first time on that. So and this was he was already out of the industry for about three years at that point. Um, no, more than that, about four or five years. So that was kind of a unique interview. It was different. But Bear, the other one was the show we did last month with Klaus Kellner and George Rico. So if folks haven't seen that, um, that special edition 97, uh, Bear came up with a concept. Let's get let's have some second generation uh, cigar makers on. We'll have one from the Dominican Republic. That was Klaus Kellner. We'll have one from Honduras. It was George Rico. And we were going to have a third. It was Juan Martinez was supposed to be the third. Unfortunately, he had to be hospitalized and he was he's OK and everything. But uh, he, so he couldn't make that. So we ended we still did the show with George and um, Klaus. And these guys didn't know each other at all. I mean, and, and what was really interesting about that was seeing these guys getting to know each other, learning from each other. Um, it was kind of, it was really magical that night, how it went. I, I didn't expect it to go as well as it did. And I'm just like, I, I think I messaged Bear a couple times. I said, we're on to something, man. This is, this is something that hadn't been done before. And, I think those guys, you know, I mean, I like to say maybe they, they became friends after that show. It was it was a very positive experience. I mean, I don't I've never been through an interview like that. It was just very, very unique that we did that. So not not as fun as the Matt Booth stuff, but in their own rights, they were just they were very important interviews and, and they were unusual because they didn't fit the regular mold. 
No, I, I agree, Coop. I think the I think the interview that you did with the Charlie and Jack Tarano, that's what uh, that was that was episode 30, 39, something like that, maybe even sooner. Thirty seven. Right? Thirty seven. And yeah. uh that that was I mean that that was real. That was about as real as 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 it had gotten at that point. I mean, talking about sunsetting of brands, letting people go. Yep. In some cases, yeah, own, their a, own family. I mean, we had, yeah, there was we asked a lot of questions. I mean, and there was a lot of opening up. Like Jack and Charlie's relationship got strained for a while with that, and they were very forthright. They patched it up, obviously, but there was some there was some tough. T- there was those were some tense moments with Charlie. And Charlie beforehand told us that there was no holes barred in that interview. I asked him, um, and I actually was in Florida for that interview. Aaron did it remotely. So I was in the room with these two guys that night. And the one thing that, you know, you can't get was being in the room that night. But, you know, we got so much feedback. That, that was the kind of the show I think that really, I just said, you know what? We, we, we're, doing th- we, we're doing things different, you know. We're, we're coming up again. We're kind of being that line. Um, but that, like I said, I wasn't prepared for what we were going to hear that night. I thought it was going to be some very canned answers. Now, not against Charlie or anything, but I, I kind of thought, all right, there's going to be some canned, and it wasn't. It was, it was like raw that night, you know, and it was, uh, you know, it was very honest. And it was very, you know, it's just, like I said, I, I, it can't be recreated again. Like we can always have Charlie back on again and be a great guest, but we, we're not going to be able to recreate that night. I would say I want to echo something. I mean, I've done enough shows now, and I, I know you guys definitely have, but I mean, I, I there's sometimes, a, 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 and this isn't just about like the, the Matt Booth episode. There's been plenty of other really good episodes, and sometimes a show comes along. Maybe you don't anticipate it being a big show. Maybe you don't. Uh, it, you kind of go into it just thinking not that it's just another episode, but you're like, okay, like business as usual. But when it, what end up, what ends up coming out of it, you know, is more magical, special or yeah, you know, whatever than you anticipated. And I think those are the best shows because you don't have so much, your expectations are not as maybe as high. You're not, you're not expecting it to be like the show of the year. And I think your mentality is that you're more relaxed or whatever. And you go into it and you do the show and you just like, you know, maybe, you know what, screw it. We're going to run over tonight because it's just so good. I, like Bear was saying earlier, like, I just, I can't stop. I got to, you know, I got to, I don't want to end it here. I, 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 I got I to gotta get a little more. And but then the show is over and you sit there and I, I've done this uh, uh, several times where I just kind of sit there after and, you know, Nicole like wants to, you know, scramble and clean up or whatever. But like, I, sometimes I just need a minute. To just, just sit there and reflect yeah. and be like, shit, that was good. And not even like, yeah. like when Matt came on, it was just wild, but like everything happened the right way. Everything fired on all cylinders. The, the, the conversation was good. You, 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 you touched on more than you planned on and it, and it was perceived well. Um, and you just, it's very organic. And then those are some of the best episodes. They really are. Um, and it doesn't even have to be like a crazy, like high, well-known guest either. It's just, it's just like the show, just perfect, just the way it is. And even if you don't plan it that way, it's just, you know, it's special. Matt, I've always said this. Um, if your show is, big, you know, a lot of people love to see people get drunk on a show, mm-hmm. right? 
if you're judging the success of a show on how trashed you got, your show's, in, your show's not performing to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I get it. There's certain, like, when you get, like, a group of guys and stuff, um, it's a different story. But I'm saying kind of um, in the shows that we do, okay? Like, we, I'm, 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 I'm referring to getting drunk. I'm talking to the guest, okay? No, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the like, – we all like to have a little fun as hosts and do that, right? So I'm not judging those types of shows. I'm saying, like, like I, you know, I heard – I'm going to throw a name out there. I hear Juan Cancel got totally hammered on a show. Not To me, that, that's not good, right? That, that's not a good show. Like getting, you know, Juan Cancel getting drunk on that. And I love Juan Cancel. He's a great guest and everything. But to me, that's not giving me – that's not – I'm not coming out of that saying, wow, that was a great show, you know? So – That's not the barometer is what you're saying. It's not the barometer that I use. And again, I don't want to, I want to be careful not to judge other people. But to me, the kind of, I'm not going to come out and say, I'm not going to sit there and say, wow, we had a great show. Um, it's just not me. It's, it's, there's certain moments, and like you said, it doesn't have to be a, a big guest at all. Um, I remember we had, um, you know, Ian from Dapper Cigars. I didn't know what to expect. That turned out to be a great show. Um, Adrian Acosta from Cigar Culture. You know, he was kind of a fill-in at the last minute. He he just I thought he was fantastic that night. Like, well, wow, this is this is a this was a really good guest we had. Not necessarily the biggest names out there, but just like we came out and like this is some really good material we got we got out of this show. Right. Um and then Barry, even the Nick Perdomo show we just did last week, you know, when when they were sharing the news about about uh, Nick's daughter, they brought the whole family on. I, I was like, I didn't expect I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Nick's like, Can I do this? I'm like, Absolutely. And it was just it was a great moment uh that we had there. Um that it just you know that was a good show. Get an that was a really good Thanks. show. Thank you, yeah. Thank you, yeah. So um, you know, we've had a lot of those those moments as well. Um so I think it's. I I think, yeah, I, there. No, I was just gonna say. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's important to, to not, uh, you know, not to have too much expectation going into it, or not to have too preconceived notions about stuff, because then that's when you lose. That's when you kind of give into your. That's when you kind of give into the own bullshit. You know, I, I've said a couple of times on the show. One of the interviews that I was most concerned about, and it wasn't a concern about the guest. I just didn't know how. I didn't know how to take the conversation past some of just the basic nuts and bolts ABCs. And that was with George uh, Ramy, Camacho Cigars. Yeah. And we had a that. great conversation. We had a great conversation. In fact, he's, he, he told stuff in that interview. He said, I've never even said this publicly. He's like, there's close friends I've, that don't know this about me. And that, how could you not be moved Yeah, by that kind of thing? And, and, and it's, that's, that's the stuff that, you can't you can't you, you can't be sidetracked by you know as as much as we've been like kind of poking fun at Matt Matt Booth tonight, but it's not even poking fun, it's just reality of, of dealing with it. But in in that chaos, there's <laughs> he brings a lot of magic to an interview that you don't get from anyone else because and again, as we kind of were saying, as I was kind of saying earlier, it's because it's from a place of it's from a place of sincerity, which seems odd considering you know, no, how, it, it, how, he's got a very good he's got a very good heart, Matt. I can tell you that. A hundred percent. That's the part that people who don't know Matt. Um, and I I've gotten emails from people saying Matt disrespected you, blah blah. No, no, you don't know Matt. Um, you don't know Matt. Matt's got a good heart. 
uh, there's a side, a very sensitive side to Matt, a very caring side of Matt that maybe people don't realize sometimes. Well, the amount of respect that he has for you, Coop, is just is evident in the it's it's in the small things. It's not the the, yeah. the talking you being Herculean and with your um, extremities. <laughs> it's it's the it's the it's the it's the subtle it's the subtle comments or the always being willing to come on a show with you or um, the way he the way he greets you. Cooper. Yeah. And he goes like Cooper. Yeah, he does do that. You're right. <laughs> Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and as, as incredibly popular as he is, you know, Coop, you, you know, and I, we've had this discussion in different contexts, but last, the last trade show that you and I went to, we had an appointment with him and we went to his booth and he kept getting derailed by outside outside folks and everything but he kept coming back and he's like no this is important and and he kept he would blow, he was blowing other people off because he, uh, and that wasn't for me and Matt likes me yeah um but that was that was that was for you and no I, that, I, yeah no he yeah here was the thing though and I just want to make I want to make a clarifying point with that I think you'll know the answer to what I'm about to say these weren't people looking to put an order in. These were people interrupting him for photo ops or cigars. Okay, so that was that you know, and that to his credit derailed all that, um, which was good, a lot. And, I, and that's a big part you'll find when you do interviews at the trade show. People, it's we don't interrupt business, but but in this case they were interrupting our business. Re- retailers were interrupting our business, like to get a photo or a free cigar. Yeah, it was unbelievable. But Matt, to his credit, was very good to us on that, and he showed us a lot of respect that day. So, yeah. 100%. 100%. Cuz you remember with so- you remember with Saka when 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 I remember uh Cigar Hustle Mike had to put that order in. We we told Mike, "Look, put the order in." We remember that time we we Yeah, we, I had uh, to apo- I apologized to him later cuz I thought I was being rude. He was he was apologizing. No, like Mike, we we had to, he was on a time schedule. We were like, no, this is cool. Don't worry about it. That was something we were okay with. And he wasn't a jerk about it, Mike. He was very nice about it. So mm-hmm. um yeah, so we we you know, I just you know, and Steve handled and that was handled well too, except for the then the other guy comes over wanting free cigars and knocks my camera over. That was then <laughs> that was another story, but yeah. Oh boy. Yep. So I, I, I want to take this opportunity to move into some of we've having a lot of fun and continue this role as we kind of go into our more fun segments of the night. And um, these are two of our more popular segments that I love doing. They're always they're always fun and they're always good. Uh, one's a little bit more serious, but this one, uh, but still something I've really, really enjoy about what the sh- what the show has done. And, and but we'll kick things off with our one must go segment, which is always, of course, brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. Smoke one today and start living united. So, gentlemen, I told you that I was really looking forward. Uh, I'm re- uh, really looking forward to, to tonight's one must go. And I think it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic uh exercise because it's going to set up a little bit more discussion than it normally does. Okay. So I got to thinking about what we could do tonight. And I, for for some reason, it just got in my head. Would you rather, and I think all of us have played that game. Would you rather do, and it's something probably it's pretty excruciating, right? There's some, there's some intangibles in it. So I've framed together three, would you rather questions? 
So three would you rather questions. You have to kick one to the curb, but you have to answer the other two. Are y'all game? Okay. All right. Let's do this. All right. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So the first one is, would you rather the aliens that make first contact with Earth be robotic or organic life forms? Okay. The second one is, would you rather have one real get out of jail free card or a key that opens any door? And the third one is, would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets or never have to pay for food at a restaurant ever again? So which one gets kicked to the curb and then you're going to answer the other two. So I'm going to post these questions in the chat because I have a feeling that we'll have some really great discussion off of this. Okay. So, okay. All right. So would you rather the first aliens that come in contact with earth be organic or robotic life form? Would you rather have one real free get out of jail free card or a key that opens any door? Or would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets or never have to pay for food at a restaurant ever again? So which one gets kicked to the curb? I'm kicking the first one. Not because it's not a good one, but I like the other two better. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit more thought provoking, perhaps. Uh, wait, so you want me to, you want me to do the whole thing? I, well, I want Coop's answer first and then we'll answer All the right. questions. Cause I have, I'll go. I'll go. I have a feeling it might be similar, I'm, but I'm, maybe I'm jumping the yeah. gun here. Cooper, you're being quiet over there. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I got my answer here. It's the first one, but for a very different reason. There is no alien life form. It doesn't exist. We are, we are the only life form in the universe. I, I, I will say that. I don't believe there's really? other life. Again. And if it, and if it is, it isn't something that we can, it's tangible, like human life. I, I've, I've kind of believed that. Um, so yeah, I don't believe they can create a robotic one and I don't think they, there's an organic one. So that's why I'm think, thinking it's a, you don't think with the expansive universe that we have, that there could be another life form out there. How could we really be the only ones in this? Because it, so it has to do with, I think, I think it's the perfect storm. Why earth can, life can exist on earth. So you need that other perfect storm, which is very difficult. Well, and, yeah, but there, there could be a perfect storm out there that we just haven't been able to discover yet because of our capabilities and technology. You don't well, they ever, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm just saying, I think it's like a one in, I think that perfect storm is like one in a million. That's why I, I just contend it ain't happening. All right, let me ask you this question. Do you think that we're, we were a mistake? No, oh, I wow. think it was, I think we evolved. I think we evolved. I think it was just, the, like I said, the perfect storm happened to hit on this planet. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't believe in UFOs or anything like that, so. All right. So, what do you um, think UFOs are? It. Just flying trash? Yeah, they're they're satellites. Uh, they're 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 things that are out there that that you know they can always be explained off. Oh, the, and, the truth. Uh, the truth is out there. If we learned anything from the X Files, the truth is out there. <laughs> Whether or not it's Coop's truth, <laughs> there you we go. don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. I like being I like being challenged on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to my guns on this. <laughs> the truth is out there, Coop. Whether you yeah. want to believe it or not. I was, you know, growing up, I was told there were green men on Mars, and it, 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 Mars is cold <laughs> to have green men. So now that Coop has Cooper gone has on record gas saying on it, yeah. this, now that he's gone on record of saying this, he'll be like one of those people someday that gets abducted by aliens. By aliens. <laughs> and then he'll be like, I, believe it. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. They probed me in and, places that 
People warn me about the, maybe there's microorganisms on some of these other places. But I well, there is on Mars. They discovered that. microorganisms. That's true. But right, right. Can you imagine the Matt Booth interviews that would pr- that would proceed after Coop's abduction? Oh yeah, that would be riveting. Oh, he would have so many questions. <laughs> he would have so many questions. Be like, Cooper, where did they probe you? Did you like it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh yeah. You know, it would just be it. That would uh, just that that show. Do they even have a notion? Screw the cigars. Screw the cigars. Don't even make it about cigars. You just come on the show and just talk to Matt about that. That's what I would. That's what I would want. There you go. All right. So I think, man, I think we've had more discussion on the ones we were kicking. But let's let's talk about um, let's talk about um, these other two here. So uh, so Coop. Would you rather have one free get out of jail card, one real one, a real one, absolutely hundred percent real, or a key that opens any door? I'm gonna take the key that opens any door because I'm confident I'm not gonna get arrested. <laughs> What's the first door you'd open? The key to any door. Key to any door. Well, it depends on the door. I mean, uh. It depends uh, on the door. I was asking. Yeah. Oh, so it's like, it has Sorry, to be a, a specific answer. place. It's the, uh, the open ended question. Fa- Car- Carlito's Toy Factory. Oh. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little let down by that. Not that it's not like a cool place, but <laughs> out of all the places, that's where you. I mean, you probably don't need that to go there. You know what I mean? Like someday you could probably get in there. And go <laughs> really. <laughs> Well, what am I going to say? A bank? I feel like I'm robbing the bank. Then, if I well, no, that. you can't, you can't rob the bank because you gave up your jail, your get out of free jail card. So, right. That's true. Right. That's true. So I can't do that. You need both for that. Um, right. But what am I, yeah, what am I going to open? What door am I going to open? Uh, you know, maybe, uh, yeah. But if I'm given the key to, to that, to anything, right, then I can rob the bank, I guess. Because it's not robbing, Ooh. I'm giving the oh, key. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. You you turned it yeah. around where if well I was given the key, then I won't go to jail. I'm allowed to go in there. Yes. That's I guess in all these I, cases. In all these cases, you'd be robbing it. You'd be robbing. Like, like I can't think of another scenario where you have a key. Um, you know, some buried. Tre- you want to say some buried treasure? Yeah, maybe. But so I I guess my answer would be the same as Coop's because I don't. I think I'd rather. I don't need. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'll need the other one. Uh, but then I know Bear's gonna say, "Well, what door are you gonna open?" So my answer to that is kind of like I don't know either. Uh, and I'm trying to rack my brain to like, well, if I did have the key, what would I open with it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean. What could I possibly want to get into that I would never otherwise be able to get into? Hmm. That's a toughie. I don't know. I'm blanking on this one right now, guys. Just giving you a dead air. On well, life. how about this? I mean, this is a subject that comes up on Matt Ty's show all the time. When hit with his question, you know, if you could listen to the thoughts of any living person, who would you choose? And a lot of people avoid saying they're saying their spouses, but would you unlock the door to the key of Mrs. Cooper or Nicole? Find out what they're really thinking. Oh yeah. And I know that I, I yeah, I was hoping maybe she fell asleep. No, 
she knows she's still awake because there she is commenting. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, obviously, yeah. I'd like to know what my wife's thinking sometimes. Only because, only because sometimes, you know, I, I feel like she knows I'm right about things, but she sticks to her guns anyway and creates the argument or keeps the argument going, even when I've presented a O.J. Simpson trial-like argument of why I know that I'm right. Bad metaphor, man. O.J. got off <laughs> at, least, at least the first time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah, he did. But I feel like I justifiably, I should have, but I still don't. And it's like, because I feel like she knows that I'm right. Like My defense has rested, and she still doesn't give me the win. And I'd like to at least just know, like, yeah, like you know that I was right. You won't give it to me, but at least I know you know. And that's just enough for me. So sounds, yeah, like, sounds like Nicole idea. and I are going to be friends because I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when you put it that way, 100%, I guess that's a good analogy. Coop, I'm sorry. Did you did you answer on that one? What, what was your answer to that? Mine was the door. The the bank. The bank. You're sticking with the bank. Yeah, he's avoiding understanding uh, Mrs. Cooper. Yeah. Oh no! I, I it actually the sound cooked out for me, but um, I don't I don't think I, I mean, I'm married. I'm gonna be married 31 years if I don't know her by now. Um, <laughs> fair, fair that's enough. a safe answer. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's, 30, that's 31 now, years I, of beautiful marriage talking right there. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And that's on th- Thursday. Thursday's actually our anniversary, so yeah, 31 years. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Congrats, Coop. Yeah, really congrats, congrats you. buddy. Yeah, you guys are you guys are you guys are mere babes here. Yeah, Bear and I have a long way to go. Yep. All right. So, would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets or never have to pay for food at a restaurant again? You know, that, that's a really good one. Um, I would say I'm going to take the food. The reason is because as much <laughs> as there's international travel that I, I do want to take in my lifetime, there's only like so many places I want to go and the places that I'll probably go once in my life internationally. Um, and I'm okay with that. It's not like I travel internationally all the time and I want to go first class, but I like to eat and I like to go out to eat. And it's like a very regular occurrence for me. And, you know, especially like, Yeah. Being able to go out and eat for free all the time. Yeah, that's a win. That's a win. And then when you travel internationally, you make up for that flight by being able to go to nice restaurants every night and live like a king. I don't know. That's my mentality. Coop. All right. I'm going the opposite. I'm taking the international, uh the international team. You know, I'm not surprised. And before Coop answers, I, I just I, I feel like it's because he he's one of those like finicky travelers, so he needs to have first class all the time. He needs to have the the early boarding, and he needs to have the the meal. On the plane <laughs> got me. and, the, and the extra. Pillow <laughs> and he's one of those guys who like if there's if he could take JetBlue mint flights, or like the 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 uh, the Emirates flights with like the beds and stuff like for free, he would travel. He would he would go out of his way to travel even to places he wouldn't even care about going just because like he'd get to like travel like a king. 
And because I, I don't know, I, f- I feel like he's difficult to travel with, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful uh, way. I feel oh, like no, he, you, you, he probably I has to tell you. <laughs> he probably has. He's probably just real. I just picture Coop like in an airport and on an airplane being just like not like a pain in the ass, but just like he just has so many specific things that he needs to be comfortable. And I feel like him and coach is just like, oh, I can just see him just all out of place. I don't know. That's just me. It just strikes me as a very finicky traveler. He's not wrong. What do you mean you don't serve alcohol on this flight? (laughs) (laughs) I have to pay $3 for ice. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you know who i am i'm william cooper <laughs> i don't know i don't know where i was going with that one <laughs> i'm never i'm still never now going to be able to ever see coop with when he puts his hand behind his head ever the yeah. same way ever again yeah he ruined that <laughs> i remember that moment i remember that moment like yeah all right let's break this down here um my wife's an amazing cook okay and I don't like eating in restaurants because I have no patience to sit through a long <laughs> meal, right? So I want to be in and out quickly, right? So um, based on that, I can I, I said, you know what? I'll I'll, t- I'll pass on the restaurant now. International travel. There's a I have you know I'm getting older. There is a list of places I'd really like to go before I, I I'm gone, right? Um, but think about the other thing for a second. Cigar people, cigar person. I go to Nicaragua whenever I want. I go to Dominican whenever I want. Honduras whenever I want. There you go. Mm, very so, true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, now you haven't. You guys have not been to. You've been to the Dominican, Matt. You haven't done the cigar trips, right? Uh, uh, when you do the cigar yet. trips, you when you do them, you're gonna love these. You're gonna fall in love with these countries. Um, and I've fallen in love with each of these three countries I've mentioned. I went to Cuba and I went to Costa Rica as well. So uh, and I fell in love with those. It, it's funny. Anywhere I go, I fall in love with the place and I like want to live there or something. It's kind of fun. But Nicaragua, there's just something about Nicaragua that is that really kind of it's hard to explain. But it, of all those places and I love the Dominican and I love Honduras. But but Nicaragua, I don't know. It's just there's something magical about that place. Hmm. And, uh, you know, you go back and uh, and I've watched I've watched Esteli grow in the last 10 years on various trips, which is interesting. I miss, I mean, I was just there last year. And, uh, you know, I, I changed my whole Nicaraguan travel. Now I'm going to stay at this hotel, the hotel that Nick Perdomo has people meet at. You, you go there the night before. I'm going to do that on every trip right now, I decided, right? Because I had, I, I just enjoyed it so much. So, you know, I think it would be pretty, you know, I did international travel for my day job for a short time before I had to change out of that for basically because it was just too, it was too rough on me. But if I could do it on my own leisure, I'm, I'd be happier with that. He does bring up a good point in terms of cigar travel. Uh, I mean, I was, with Nick, I was with Nick Perdomo when we were in Miami and we, we were at the Perdomo offices and it was actually interesting because he was talking to, uh, he was talking with Nelson Kuehler about it and he was, they were talking about trying to get a flight down to Nicaragua and like the ticket for Avianca was like $1,500. I can't remember if it was round trip or if that was just like one way and he was just all bent out of shape. But he's like, are you serious? Like, and that's like strapped to the wing. That's not first class either. Yeah. yeah, he was like, he's like to he's like to paint you a perspective. He's like, if you've ever flown on Spirit, on that horror show, it's ten <laughs> times worse than that. He's like, <laughs> you don't even, you, he's like, you don't even get the peanuts in the water on this flight. All right. He's like, it sucks, and you're paying fifteen hundred dollars. 
So yeah, I mean that that is pretty difficult. Yeah. yeah, Coop and I were discussing travel for the upcoming PCA trade show, and I was like, "I'm, I'm not going spirit. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I can't. Spirit, I can't do it again. I can't, I can't do it. Do again. it. He's like, please. I said, okay, we want you to be comfortable. You know, it was funny. It was funny. I was with so I was with Barry Stein yesterday, and we were talking about this this exact thing. And I remember I was like asking the guys. I was like, yeah, and you, I've I've never flown Spirit, so I I've heard so many times of how bad it is. Um, and I remember asking Dave and I think Dave said he hadn't done it. And then Barry's like, <sighs> long sigh. He's like, yeah, I've done it. He's like, it wasn't the worst flight, but like, it wasn't great. He's like, it's what you'd expect, I guess. And he's like, well, it's not so much the flight. He's like, it's the people that are on there with you. <laughs> that is really what turns it off. He's like, the people that are on that flight are putting trash bags <laughs> for luggage in the overhead bin. <laughs> He's like, it's just a sight to see. Um, he's like, I won't do it again. And I'm like, I don't even want to waste my time. Uh, I, I'll, I don't think I'll ever try it unless like I am desperate and like I just need I just need to get home. Um, more life, life spirit. I've heard too many stories, you know. Oh, oh it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. What was it for you? So what was it for you that was so bad about spirit? Uh, the fact that I paid, f- well, I mean this, just to start off, I mean, the fact that I paid for my, I paid f- cause you have to pay for everything on spirit. Yeah. Um, I paid, I paid for a carry on, I paid for my carry on baggage. Um, when I bought the ticket and when I checked in, they said I hadn't bought it and I had, so I bought it again when I checked in online on the app, uh, for an increased price. So I was pretty furious at that. And they're like, no, we have no record of your purchase. I'm like, I do. It's a receipt. It's called the receipt that I have here. It says plus two carry on bags. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, and they said, sorry, you, you don't have it. And so I had to pay. Uh, so I, on the app, I, I paid for it again. I get to the airport. I'm like, okay, where are my, where are my baggage tickets for them? And they're like, Oh, you don't have it. I was like, I paid for, here. Here's another receipt. I have two receipts that show that I paid for baggage twice, twice. One was at a <laughs> lower cost. One was at a higher cost. And they're like, no, you have to pay for it again. And I paid for it again a third time at a much higher price. I paid once for $30 a bag to carry on. Mm-hmm. When I checked in online the night before, I paid $50 a bag, so $160. And then when I got to the airport where they said I didn't have it, it went up to $90 a bag. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that actually happened to me on the way back from Florida because I had checked my bag because I had a check bag and I, and I, and I did the check-in at the kiosk and I put it in that I had a bag. Now I have the, I fly JetBlue and I have the JetBlue credit card. So my first checked bag is always free. So I'm like, all right. And I did the thing and I didn't have to pay. And I printed it out. Then I get the thing and the guys like, yeah, it's too heavy. I'm like, oh, Christ. and I'm like, well, there's nowhere to put anything. He's like, you can do the. I go, no, I go guy, my, all my luggage is packed. I mean, I came home with, I came home with like two suitcases full of cigars and I'm I, there's, there's no way there's no way I, it, I'll just, I'll pay the fee or whatever. So I go to the thing and in the system and it, I said, well, you already have a checked bag. So this has to be a second bag. And I go, well, that's not right. Cause it's still only the one bag. So I think the normal fee for a, for a heavy bag is like one fifty or something like that. But because it wanted me to check a second bag, technically, and I was overweight. It was like over $200. And I'm like, well, that's not right. So then the guy was like, well, you can go wait in that line over there, but it's got about an hour wait time. And I'm like, 
I got to be on the plane in like 35 minutes. Mind you, we were already behind schedule because at Orlando, at MCO, there's no signs telling you where to return the rental car until you're like all the way into the terminal. And we had to go around three times. Just but it's right to, there. Just it's a tricky, but it's right there. Yeah. And like, we didn't, and I'm like, I'm like Nicole and me are going around. So I'm like, where the hell are we going? Like, and we, we lost so much time. And so I'm like, we're already behind. I don't have time. So I'm like, I guess I just have to pay it. And I, I overpaid for that, which was disappointing because JetBlue has always, you know, been good to me. So not, not as bad as Bear's situation, though. But I mean, I guess I kind of relate. Oh, that was just for starters. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, can continue. What else? What else went wrong? I, oh wait, no, we I don't. Have, we don't have enough time, gents. <laughs> oh, we don't have enough gotta, time. Must have been that bad. All right, <laughs> all right. I gotta ask Matt a question here. Um, JetBlue, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. I I used to fly JetBlue a lot going to New York from Charlotte, right? Yeah. So, do they still have? And I'm, I want the blue chips, the blue potato chips. I don't know. And I'll be honest with you, because I don't usually get any of the snacks on the plane. I usually okay. just bring my okay. own stuff. But I don't know. So, That's a good question. Okay. So for years, you got this blue, you got the bag of Terra Blue potato chips, right? Uh-huh. And I've always liked those, right? It's always a kind of a little treat to have on them. They're really good. But the last couple of times, all of a sudden, they, they start mixing sweet potato chips in with these blue chips. Hmm. And uh, I, I actually complained about it to, to someone in customer I service. I knew it. Right. He's I a, actually went, a, I said, difficult to travel I with. Said, and they, and they, and, but the funny thing is, they said to me, "You are not the first." And they were, I was nice to them. I wasn't. They said, "You are not the first person to complain about these sweet." I said, "Yeah, you're, you're putting all sweet potato chips in there, and you're getting a lot less of the blue chips." I said, "I want blue chip, blue chips." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> so, you're, so you're, so you're the guy that complains about the free chips on the flight. I I went I I went actually to a customer service desk right. Oh, I, I had some t- and I just asked I the had question and I was nice about it. I didn't say I just said look I really like those. I don't want sweet like I said part of the JetBlue experience to me. I always look forward to those blue chips and I get these blue and sweet potato chips and it was like one third blue chips. I'm like I'm I'm I don't want sweet potato chips. I'm like I want blue chips. I could just imagine you being be like listen. I only flew on here. The blue chips. Yeah, Orlando's like, agreeing with me. They're the bomb. These things are awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the. And look, I I've had great experience with JetBlue, so uh, they're very good with the customer service. I mean, I I would even go back, Matt, and you know, go back. They they've had they they have done nice nice things in customer service in the past. Um, I was Nicole, someone once someone once was very rude to me, uh, and I filed a complaint, and I got a, I got several phone calls apologizing and everything. So. And I wasn't looking for a free trip or anything like that. I just said, look, I, I, I just don't like being treated like that. I understand someone has a bad day, but that's no excuse. So, yeah. Nicole chimed in. She's like, Granola, you, like you with Granola the bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, and I, I will attest to that. So it, I'm not that difficult to travel with. When I go to the airport, listen, I've traveled enough times. You know, I know the routine. Get in, get out. I'm not difficult. I just know what has to be done and I like to do it, be done so I can relax, so I can enjoy my travel time as stress-free as possible. Having said that, I will, you know, I I do travel to to Vegas frequently. So when I do that long flight from Boston, which is about six and a half hours on a good day, yeah, I like the even more space seats because I'm six foot one and I don't want to cram in for six and a half hours on the airplane. So I like to get the extra space. But other than that, I'm I'm low maintenance. I'm not like asking yeah. for the world. I'm not asking for all blue chips. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like now, somebody. Now, else. Now, How dare Matt. you give me sweet potato chips? <laughs> now, Matt, my father. OK, and there's a show that we actually did. 
uh, with the, with Alec and Bradley Rubin um, on primetime. Yeah. Is the guy you worry about basically getting arrested on the plane? Okay. And I was telling a lot of those stories about how he like caused problems on the plane. You do not want to travel with my father. I mean, he is, he is tough. He just, holy cow. Is he the guy that says bomb on an airplane? Not quite, but you know, he will be the one. He will be the one when the kid is crying, or you know, stuff like that. He's he is not, uh, you know. But he also gave his seat up once to Patrick Ewing, so, uh, um, you know, so he he has you That's know, cool. yeah. But so, but he, yeah, he, he he gave up the he gave up the front seat in first class to Patrick Ewing because he needed the room, and and he told me Patrick Ewing couldn't have been nicer about it because Patrick needed that space for his legs. And I remember they, I remember he was telling me the story when the, when the flight attendant went up to him, like someone really needs your seat. He's like, who the fuck wants my seat? And, 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 and she goes, well, that gentleman. And he's like, Patrick Ewing. And he's like, of course. Yeah. So uh, he still had a first class seat, but he had to go a couple of rows back. So that's funny. So I've, yeah. I travel with two small kids. Never get on a flight with Coop's dad. Noted. Noted. Don't, do not. Well, <laughs> do when not, we went to. Do not, when we flew down to Miami uh, a few weeks ago, we get we were in the we're at Logan, and we're, me and Nicole are we're already through security and we're, we're we're walking through, and there's this guy, loud guy, you can hear him all over the airport. He was at the Wahlburgers restaurant in the terminal, and you could hear him yelling and whatever. And we like said something to each other like, "Oh God, that guy's obnoxious." He was your typical like southy like bostonian guy the stereotypical like the heavy accent the loud your cousin from boston for those of you who've <laughs> seen that commercial outside of new england we don't all actually act or sound like that but um and i'm like oh, God, I'm anyway we keep going and then we get on the plane and we're sitting down and all of a sudden we hear that guy and nicole just goes oh, that guy's on our flight and he comes walking down the aisle and he's like yeah Miami, let's go. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then the flight attendant just goes up to one of them. She's like, I want to go back there and check on that. This is a long flight. And I don't want to, have to deal with that. I don't want there to be any problems. And then the other one like runs down there. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, there's already troubles. We haven't even left the gate yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, here's what you got to next time you go to Florida. I, I was, you may have been working out this time. Fly yeah. into Orlando and fly out of Miami. And the reason why I say that is because you could smoke in the Miami airport. It's, it's a smoking lounge. That's actually, I had heard about that and I forgot about it. And honestly, after our trip down there, I probably, <coughs> Miami was cool. I think next time I'd probably spend, I'd probably go just for like Tampa and Orlando. But, you know, as I said to Nicole, you know, we'll, eventually we'll be back in Miami for something. So there's I a will, lot of companies you can hit down there. Yeah. We'll take that. There's advice. a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of companies you can hit in Miami um, as well. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I don't. I, every time I go, I people want to see me, and I only can get to about four or five. So uh, yeah, it's you'll find that you know, and all these companies are really welcoming to you in the offices. Yeah, I mean, we 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 I think we had like three or four of them. Um, you know, we like we we went to LFD. We Nick Perdomo, we went to Perdomo. We Terrence Riley at Agonosa Leaf. Um, yeah, and there is a lot, and it's in you know, especially when we were only there for a couple of days. It's it, it's tough, you know. Um, it is very to, hard. To yeah, to all very... and you want to, and it's cool, but like you can only do so yeah. much, so much. Time. Yeah, yeah. I stay over at Miami Lakes, which is right by Perdomo. 
mm-hmm. uh, which makes it really easy. Uh, closer to Doral. So it's sent, yeah, it's closer to Doral. Yeah. It's further from the beach, though. I didn't, right. so I didn't get to go on the Nick Perdomo beach. That that's uh, you got definitely you you made out with that one. That was awesome. Yeah, like, you sent me, yeah, I'm here on the beach with Nick Perdomo's place. Like, you, <laughs> well, it was, was awesome. Well, well, I had messaged Nick about him coming up to the office or whatever, and. He, you know, he's such a gracious guy. And he's like, you know, if you need any right. like tips or anything, like, let me know, like beaches, restaurants, whatever. And I was like, all right. Yeah. I'm like, well, like, where's a good spot to go to the beach? Like, cause I'm like, well, do, we'll do a Miami beach day. So we can say, we you know, we did Miami beach. So I'm like, yeah, like where, uh, where would you go? You know, Miami beach or whatever. And then he was like, you know what? He's like, you can use my beach. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Thanks. And he's like, yeah, it's private. It's all set. You just just bring like just bring the stuff you need. We'll have we'll have it all set up. I'm like, okay, sure, good. Yeah, that was, that was like, awesome. That was cool. I wasn't expecting. That was very kind. I was like, okay, sh- sure. Um, and then we got there, and, and his son-in-law Andrew was there, and he, he he brought us down, and it was really nice, and it was beautiful, and we had a, we had a great day. Um, like an hour in, I hear Nick's voice coming from behind me. And I turn around and there he is, Baywatch style, running through the sand, nothing but his swim trunks with his with his gun show out and his South Florida tan, looking like a man of a million dollars. And uh, that was cool because you always go to the events and you see Nick in the suit and he looks great, fantastic. But to see him in such a casual setting, I mean, that was cool in, in itself, too. It yeah, awesome. that was really cool. Just Nick working on the tan, power tan. Yep. <laughs> Well, that was an awesome one must go segment, gentlemen. I have to, I have to applaud y'all. I have, that was that was everything I wanted it to be and more. So appreciate y'all participating in yeah. the one must go. So bro- always brought to you by United Cigars, uh, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. Smoke one today. Start living united. So, gentlemen, this is uh, this has quickly become my favorite segment of the show. It's something that I've I've done since my my birthday uh, late last year. Coop was on the very first show where we we launched this this segment, and uh, since then it's become uh, really ch- uh, just really really terrific. Uh, and uh, that, of course, is our charity segment where I ask each of my guests or guests uh, uh, that appear on my show to uh, select a charity or nonprofit of their choice that they want to spotlight or highlight and bring awareness to and perhaps raise some money for. So um, got two incredible organizations tonight. Um, I'll do a quick intro uh, and then I'll, I want to just give you guys the, the spotlight and let you all talk about it a little bit uh, and why it's important to you. And everything. So, um, Coop, we'll start with you. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to um, spotlight this charity the last time you were on, and that, of course, was Sepsis Alliance. Um, and we raised quite a bit of money uh, for this organization that night, and we actually carried it over to the next Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition, and we were able to raise even more money. Um, this is this is a this is a cause that doesn't get a lot of attention. It's not the you know, it, you know, it's it's kind of hard to think of disease and, 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 and healthcare issues as, you know, sexy or attentive, but there are a lot more popular charities out there. When you think about healthcare, there's the, you know, um, you know, the American Heart Association, the American, you know, Cancer Association, uh, Susan G. Komen, uh, Breast, Breast Cancer uh, Foundation, and so on, right? But 
you chose sepsis lines and it was a very personal choice and I'm not sitting to go ahead and rehash why you chose it necessarily, but, you know, just to kind of carry on why we're continue, why, why you decided to continue uh, with spotlighting it tonight. And, uh, and the floor is yours, my friend. Thank you. So, um, yeah, and we went through, I know a lot of it the last time, but for folks who may not have heard it, um, septus is a condition in the body um, where the body gets infected. And typically that is a blood infection that happens. And when you have an infection in the body, the body's reaction is to try to fight the infection. Now, a blood infection is very serious because it circulates throughout the body. And uh, what happens is there's a point where if that thing starts spreading in the body, um, the body short circuits. The body goes through a short circuit and starts shutting down functions. And that's what septus arises. Now, the other thing about septus is it is um, this is this is not um, and, I, and I and I suffered a blood infection, by the way, and uh, it changed my life forever, basically, because when you have something and you go through something like this, it's life changing. You don't ever you don't go through anything like that again. It's a deadly condition. Um, that happens and it can happen to anybody. Um, you can get it from a, a strep throat. You can get it from your toothbrush. If there's bacteria, you can get it from a finger cut. Uh, it's, it's a common thing with surgery. And a lot of times when you hear of surgery and people die of complications from surgery, those complications are usually septus. So that that's really what, what septus is. Now, Septus Alliance is not looking for a cure for Septus. They're not, they, they, because Septus is curable through antibiotics. And, um, but the thing is that the antibiotics are, um, they're brutal, but you, there is a cure. So they're not looking for a cure here. This is a little different than a lot of other diseases. But what they are trying to do is they're trying to educate and promote awareness about Septus. And I can tell you that I ignored the signs probably I probably wouldn't have ended up in a hospital uh, if I didn't ignore the signs, or maybe I wouldn't have gone through it as bad as I did. So what Septus, the Septus Alliance does is they have a great website. Um, they're committed to, to working and um, to working to help people have this type of awareness, and they raise money to do that. Uh, they have certain fundraising opportunities throughout the year. I opted to stick with this um, because simply that I went through this and it's a long-term commitment I'm making for this right now. And like I said, it can happen to anybody, but you want, but the key thing is if you want to survive it, you got to know the signs and the septus.org, which is the septus Alliance. They do a fantastic job with this. So if you feel inclined to donate tonight, donate. Um, if you don't feel inclined to donate, then I say, just go to septus.org and, and, and review some of the materials um, maybe pay to visit a few times a year. They update it a lot and, and just learn that awareness. Don't go. I don't want anyone to go through what I maybe went through on things like this. Um, and you know, like I said, it almost led to a heart infection with me. I, I, I was told I was very lucky that it didn't die. So, um, that's it. You know, Coop, as we've talked about before, the, the, the thing about, the thing about you know sepsis is that it like you said if you ignore the signs that's where it always becomes m much more i mean much more dire for folks and yeah. and a lot of times you know when we hear about like you mentioned before like you, you, you know when you hear about uh, 
you know, complications, dying of complications, it's it usually 100% of the time involves, you know, sepsis. And, um, you know, the term septic shock gets thrown around a lot without people truly understanding yeah. what it is. And this is what Sepsis Alliance does is it brings a lot of awareness to it. So, I mean, I, I think it's a, like you said, if you don't feel inclined to donate, that's fine. But check out their website. I put it in the chat the minimum. and uh, and and learn more about it. I think it's it's definitely worth your time. So thank you for, yeah. again, bringing it up to our attention. No, uh, you're very you're very welcome on that. Um, like I said, I, uh, you know, and, and here's the other thing. Don't do a podcast <laughs> the night before when you know when you're like that was I probably wouldn't have done a podcast that night if I was paying attention to this <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but yeah. Says the guy who I'm wanted very... to also do a show from the hospital bed. By the way. Yeah, that was stupidity though. <laughs> yeah, so I did have my laptop in the hospital and I was writing content. Oh, I'm sure you first, were. The first the first <laughs> night I wasn't. The first night was brutal. So yeah. Hashtag Cooper's a trooper. <laughs> yeah. So, so Matt, to turn attention to you now, uh, you recently have um, done an incredible job of bringing awareness to your charity of choice tonight. I'll let you talk about it a little bit more, but uh, the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which was uh, started by the Fuente and Newman families, um, has done an amazing amount of work in the Dominican Republic. And this is something that you and Nicole really, um, really kind of latched onto um, and really took to the next level in recent events. So I'll let you talk a little bit about the organization, why it's important to you. And of course, uh, most recently, what you guys were able to do for an incredible and deserving organization. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the Scar Family Charitable Foundation was started by the Fuente and Newman families. Um, it was a... Uh, it's a, it's a charity that helps kids in the Dominican Republic receive a better education and better opportunities. Um, and it started small and it, it's grown into uh, just so much. They've, they've, they've given so much to those kids um, to get, to give them the best opportunities. Uh, I know that they've had some, they've had some kids going to be doctors and, and lawyers and all sorts of great opportunities. And a lot of them have, you know, who've gone through the program have come back and uh, you know, giving back or have you know, or, or teach or contribute or otherwise, you know, <clears throat> just be a part of it somehow because you know, uh, it was so rewarding to them. And I'm trying to remember the uh, we were with Cynthia Fuente um, actually last week in uh, Tampa, and we gave her um, the check for the the fundraiser that we had just run, which um, I'm really happy to say we raised seven thousand dollars for. Well done. And um, <clears throat> just really proud to be a part of that. And it was an honor to be a part of it. And we're just so happy that we were able to just do something. And I know that money goes a long way uh, for those kids. And, you know, every dollar helps. And that was certainly a, a, a nice amount uh, for them. And uh, yeah, Cynthia was telling us a little bit about that, uh, the way that came to be of, you know, Carlito being down there and, and uh and seeing the and seeing those kids and and wanting to and to do something for them and you know starting what what be, you know became cfcf and uh we had angela Yu on the show who uh, a lot of you guys might have you know seen or heard on social media uh she uh she has the, the grand cathedral which just opened but in san diego she also has lord puffer cigar 
Um, so she, she's, she's pretty well known and she, uh, she came on our show. We were talking with her and the plan was always to do some sort of fundraiser. Uh, I, I always promised myself that if, uh, I was able to, to grow an audience or a, a platform, uh, large enough that I could use that power to connect with people and get people together. I always wanted to do a charity. I didn't have any specific one in mind, but I always knew I would do something. And so we talked about doing our one year anniversary show uh, a few weeks ago and, you know, months ago we were like, well, what are we going to do for the anniversary? You know, and we had all these ideas for the show. And I said, well, I said, that's all fine and dandy. And I, I want to do all of that, but I want to do something else too. I want to do something different. I want to do something that also doesn't, it puts a spotlight on something else too. That's part of that celebration. We can use this celebration to, to amp something else up. And I want to do a charity. And I said, I want to, I want to go run and doing a fundraiser. And I, <clears throat> I had the idea for, for Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. And we had Angela come on the show and she was talking about it. And, you know, we were like, yeah. And she told us her experience of like, you know, going down there and seeing those kids. And we were like, yeah, this is what we want to do. And uh, we started to put together some ideas and, um, it ended up being, uh, we, we kind of changed it halfway through, but I think it was for the better. Uh, we, we ended up making it more into like a raffle situation. So we you know sold raffle tickets and there was a lot of manufacturers who donated cigars and swag and stuff like that for us to raffle off to help raise money. Um, Cynthia and Carlito themselves, you know, gave us some stuff from their personal collections. A lot of you guys probably saw that if you, if you, if you were part of that. There was some really rare stuff really cool stuff that I know a lot of people, you know, wish they could get their hands on. Um, and we raffled them all off and we were, we were happy and we raised $7,000. Um, it, it was just, it was an experience and it's something that we want to continue to do again and, uh, you know, take what we learned from our first go to make it better next time and then raise even more money and make it even, even bigger of a deal. So that's, I think that's what we're going to try to do again next year. We'll make it kind of an annual thing. And, um, <clears throat> it's, it's just special, you know, any, anytime, anytime kids are involved, it's, it's always special. I mean, and you know, there's a lot of great charities out there. There's a lot of good stuff, you know, like St. Jude's children's hospital. That's a, that's a really good one. So, uh, for me, I've always had a soft spot for, for kids and in helping kids. So that, that was kind of another like real passion driver for me was what helps kids, you know, who are underprivileged, you know, have the opportunity to have a better life. Um, so we're just really, really honored to just be a part of it, you know, um, and it's, it's a charity that, you know, it, it's, it's definitely something to look into. Um, and you know, it, every dollar counts. So any, any amount that you donate is it's, it's, it's really, uh, special. Yep. I, I just have to reiterate and commend, um, Matt, what you and Nicole and John were able to do with this, uh, the, I what mean, a job, yes. I mean, the, I, I'm, I'm pleased with our, this, this little project that I've built into my show. Um, we're able to r raise hundreds of dollars here and there. Um, I mean, but $7,000 for a deserving organization. I mean, that's in no shorter and everyone, like you said, it wasn't just the Fuentes. You got a lot of other manufacturers involved in this, and it was—I uh, mean, it was incredible. Uh, and a hundred percent of the proceeds, like you said, all went to the charity, which is—you know—that's the problem with charities and nonprofits. You know, is that a lot of times the money isn't going to help the people that it's intended to help, and and uh, and 
that I mean, we couldn't describe two organizations further from that point than the Sepsis Alliance and the Cigar right. Family Charitable Foundation. And so, uh, and that's why um, I'm I'm sporting uh, my one of my new shirts tonight. Yep. Uh, that I got from Smoking Tobacco. Uh, really, really cr- great design. Highlighting some I have of the Vitola one. Yeah. I have the Vitola one too. Yeah. Highlighting some of the uh, most uh, popular rappers in the industry: Connecticut, Corojo, Habano, Maduro, and uh, Oscuro. And uh, just and but um, it was really great to get something really cool out of it. But uh, knowing that all the money that I I used to purchase the shirt went to a, a great and deserving absolutely absolutely uh, yep charity. So um, now you you guys designed these, right, Matt? Yeah, actually, yeah, Nicole did, um, and uh, she uh, she she created all the designs for all the stuff that's on our on our web store. And um, so I'm trying to figure out, I wanted to try to do something if I could. Um, the, uh, all the designs are, were done by her. She put the whole store together, which was no small task in itself. Oh. Um, and uh, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff on there. You know, there's apparel, there's hats, and uh, there's, there's like phone cases and, 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 um, and mugs. She has her own kind of like the smoke tobacco stuff is, is, you know, our branded stuff, but she kind of created her own little subline called smoke and babe, uh, which is more female friendly, uh, collection too. And so I, I know a lot of, we had a lot of females who, who ordered stuff through there as well. And, uh, so, you know, it was, it was cool to see, you know, like people ordering our swag and posting it and wearing it online. And, and that, and that's always cool, but, the, the bigger the bigger part of it too was you know like you said it it, it was it was why it was done it was why those yep. those things were ordered it was because it was uh, for the benefit of such a good organization so um, you know the the amount of support that we, we received from that was, was tremendous what happened here oh I'm sure share, I'm sharing the store oh where you can yeah, go. I, I was going to share, <laughs> I was looking for the photo. I was going to share a photo too. Um, I was just trying to get it out of my full screen. There we go. Um, yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, I mean, obviously the, the fundraiser is over now and we will do it again, but uh, there is cool stuff and, and, and people you should check it out and, 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 you know, and you know, if there's anything cool you want, you should order it. It's fun stuff, but, um, but yeah, just again, we were really so overwhelmed and, uh, just overjoyed with the response that people people came out to you know to 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 donate money i mean that was that was huge um i'm trying to pull up a photo because i think it's really uh it's a really awesome photo um that we had so john carney ordered while we were already in florida he went on his laptop in his hotel room when we when we were in uh, boynton beach on tuesday and he designed a uh, a jumbo check I was wondering how that was. Yeah, <clears throat> Carney did it on his laptop from his hotel room after we got back from dinner with Abe uh, that Tuesday, and he had it made from somebody in Connecticut and had it overnighted to his house in Orlando. And so it got to his house in Orlando, and he was like, "Oh, I did this thing. We're going to give it to Cynthia because I had a real check. I gave her an actual check with the money." But then he's like. I have a jumbo check. I designed it. It's coming. Like it's the real deal. Like the publisher's clearinghouse. Like we, we I got one. It's coming. <laughs> and he was like all excited about it. And I was like, all right, I hadn't seen it, but then he, it came to his house and we went, we went to his house. He pulled it out of the box and I was like, that's like the real thing. Like you see on TV. I'm like, that's, that's yeah. really cool. It, it was just, it made it more fun. And I have a photo of all of us with it. And I'm trying to pull that up. 
and I have it right here, and I have to remember how to share screen. Is the screen. Uh, share screen at the bottom. Or actually, you know what, Bear? If it's easier, I can maybe send it to you. I will do it that way. That way I don't have to mess this up because it was really cool. And it's just worth sharing if I can. Um, huh. Sorry, I'm not trying to like delay this all out. There we go. No. No, while, while you're figuring that out there, Matt, I will say like as is, <laughs> has become tradition on this particular segment, my, my wife and I have, uh, have been together and pledged that uh, every charity that is brought up on these shows uh, during this year, we are able to um, – we're going to be able to donate um, to each charity in, in both y'all's honors tonight. So uh, the cigar charitable foundation, uh, cigar family charitable foundation and sepsis Alliance will both receive donations in y'all's honor uh, from me and my wife tonight. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to do it. This is, uh, this is exciting stuff. So um, you did send me that picture. Let me see if I can get, uh, get it pulled up here. So give me one second and uh, we'll get that done. And uh, while I'm again, while I'm doing that, um, go ahead one second here. Um, you know, I'll something. I was yeah, going to mention something. That, you know, the cigar industry. You know, a lot of times we, you know, we we critique it and stuff like that. There's no more giving industry, and I, when I say industry, I'm going everywhere from manufacturers, retailers, uh, reps, consumers. They're they are so giving when the cards are on the table and something needs to be done. I mean, there's no other industry that I see come like this. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing to see. That's great. And that was, you know, that was special. I mean, you know, it was, again, the, that, that charity is a special charity for us because, you know, we, we were able to, you know, to, to pull that off. And, you know, it was, it was also special just to be able to, to present that to them, too. I mean, that was that was a very emotional, you know, thing for me too. I, I remember just when it, when I looked at John, like, all right, it's time, let's, let's do it. And cause we, we had surprised her with the check or whatever. And I got, and John's like, Hey, so Cynthia Matthew has something he wants to give you. And I, and I went over to her and I, I, I had, I pulled the check out of my pocket and I, and I was like, you know, on behalf of us to, you know, cigar family charitable foundation, you know, we, I want to present you this check for $7,000 and, it was emotional for me and it, it, I, I could, I could see, I could see just the, the happiness that she had. And it was, it was just a special moment because uh, it is such a big deal. And, and, and it was, it's, it's such a huge help um, for them. And it, you know, and it, it, it changes lives, it, you know, and it's just so, it's just so special. Um, you know, I remember watching the great smoke and uh, you know, that, that Abe did, uh, back in February and on Carlito's segment, I know everyone at the time was probably going crazy, just trying to buy the Opus cigars, but I, I, I was watching and um, I remember, I remember Abe asked him about Liana and just all the work she's done, you know, for them too. And, 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 and he, he got emotional and he started to cry on the show. And I, and I thought that was so just so moving. Cause it was just like the pride that they have, you know, and what they do um, it is special. You know, um, and they're 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 a family organization, like most in the cigar industry, and you know it's uh, it's it's really special stuff. It really is. No, agreed. This it's absolutely wonderful that we're uh, yep. that you were able to do that. I mean, what a like you said, what a moment for you uh, personally. But the what the the amount you guys were able to ra raise and 
what you guys were able to do for those children. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, just, I, I was, there's no other way to say it, man. I was, I was in awe of the two of you. Um, I just very pleasantly in awe. And it was a beautiful thing to see the industry come together, come together around these, these two, you know, like we've been talking about tonight, relatively newcomers to this industry in the, in the, in the aspect that you all are, which is cigar media, uh, and to rally around such a truly deserving cause. I mean, it just, damn, just beautiful, just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so, we, so thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, I appreciate the kind words and, uh, you know, and, uh, it, it's, you know, and I get it, I get it from Nicole, a lot of credit too. She did a lot of work on this too. Uh, all those raffle tickets that people bought, you know, she, she emailed those out like one at a time manually. Uh, that's one thing we, we want to look into next time, making it a little bit more easier, but so something a little more automated, but you know, it was, it was, and then the, uh, the anniversary show, you know, Nicole hopped off after the pretty much the primary portion of it. Cause you know, we were, we were leaving for, you know, Miami the next day. And it was like, we, we have to, we have to like pack all these up and get them out. Um, which we didn't do ahead of time because we wanted to showcase stuff and all that. And we, we knew it'd be a lot of work, but you know, and then I eventually jumped off and there was probably, I, I want to say there was like 40 something packages that she packed labeled that night till like two in the morning and sent them out. I mean, just the amount of work that went into it, it was, it was a lot, but it was rewarding. So, and, uh, I want to, sh- I want to share that with her cause she, she did, she did so much work and I want to thank everybody, uh, else too. Again, just, you know, while we're here, I want to thank everyone else who, who just donated stuff. I mean, Drew Estate donated stuff, uh, Cueva Cigars, Nova Cigar, McAuliffe, La Flor Dominicana, um, Drew Newman gave us some brick house stuff. Um, you know, Cynthia and Carlito, they, they didn't have, we, you know, we did this for those two. We, we did this for them, you know, and they, and we didn't, we didn't ask them for anything. And, you know, they, they wanted to give us stuff t- to do this. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the folks at Ash quarterly, uh, smoking cat gave us a cigar rest. Um, if I'm forgetting anyone right now, I'm sorry. It was just, it was, those are so much, you know, we, we, uh, we, we gave stuff out of our personal collection. You know, we, we have a massive cigar collection. We, we, we pulled stuff out of there and we, and we, you know, we shared it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, thank you. I mean, just, that's all I got really is we were just, it was successful and we're, we're just proud of that. Cause you should be wonderful. Wonderful. Well, gentlemen, um, again, can't thank you enough for all of your time tonight. I've got one last question for Coop. Cause I promised that we would uh, bookend the show. Uh, taking a question that you answered earlier, Matt, and then putting it on Coop. And then we've got our curveball segment, which will conclude our show. So I always take this time to uh, thank my guests. Um, I know that we went uh, way long tonight. And Matt, I do apologize. We talked about how long the show would take. And uh, I apologize that we went over uh, that time. Uh, okay. I, it was good. <laughs> uh, means so much to me for you gentlemen to hop on. And in such short notice, too, um, you know, with our, un, you know, unfortunate uh, reschedule that we had to take place with our originally scheduled guests. Uh, but you guys agreed to be on the show for this concept and, and, and uh, it's been fantastic to talking to both y'all. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me on. Uh, I appreciate it. And um, here. yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, uh, you know, you called me, you need a hand, you know, if, you know, a, a fellow, a fellow member of the media, you know, I'm here for you, man. You know, I love the stuff you guys are doing. So 
Yeah, it was a no-brainer. I jumped right in, no problem, whatever you need. Really, really, really appreciate it, man. Uh, Coop. Yeah. Question to you. So, your tenure's been longer. Ten plus years in ten plus years in this role in the industry. What have you taken from new media that you've learned? You know, the one thing, and I know Bear, you say I'm not weak at this, right? But I, but I am in a certain sense. The one thing that I, I, I think that I've tried to do better is, and I haven't gotten there yet, is the sense of community that I've seen with new media. Um, and, you know, obviously, Matt, what, he, what you and Matt are doing with fundraising is one thing. But I, I'm even kind of going a little more dial on the back a little. And that's kind of when we were when we were at Stogie Geeks, we did not do a good job at at. at interacting with our audience at all and i still don't do a great job at it right? but i've tried to get a lot better with that through social media and things like that but but people like matt um you 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 have a great way of fostering in the community to be a part of the brand uh and i think that's a real strange that a lot of the newer folks who've come up um i'll take dojo and Segura federation aside but i think Dave, you guys have done a very good job at that. It's something that I can learn from, um, you know, and, and I learn from it. I'm trying to get better at it. It's a little tricky sometimes for me to do it, but I, I think it's a real strength. And I think that had a lot to do with why, why Matt and Nicole have had a lot of success in a short amount of time. I think it's this, the, the involvement of the community that the, the, the they've done to the extent is, is excellent. Um, so I've taken that. And that's a big plus that I think a lot of us who started eight or nine years ago, again, minus Dojo and Sigurdjara Federation, because they were communities, right? But in terms of more traditional media brands, um, those are things that we, I think, can learn a lot more from as we head into the next 10 years of Coop. And hopefully I can integrate some unique concepts with that going on. Do you think, I mean, other than the, the year that we just had with the pandemic that gave a, you know, pretty big opportunity for a lot of people to, like I said before, dip their toe in. Do you think we'll see a, a, a rise, a significant rise in new media brands uh, for the premium cigar industry specifically over the next over the next 10 years? Premium cigar brands or premium media? Premium brands? cigar industry, premium cigar industry. Will there will be there will there be new media brands like like smoking tobacco pop up in the ten, in the next ten years or do you think it'll still be marginal growth like we've seen mine this past year excluded from that obviously I think we I think we're seeing it again with if you look at the definite if we take what the definition of media is the Instagram YouTube community is definitely there now. I'm telling you, I, I'm worried about the future of YouTube um, a great deal. I mean, we have other ways of, of storing our video that we're going to be okay with if YouTube or Facebook knocks us off, right? But I think the problem is I haven't seen the true media brands come about. So there's a lot less written guys coming out right now. I mean, there hasn't been a new written blog that's made an influence. And if I'm missing one, I apologize in a while. Um, people aren't doing that anymore. Uh, videos, video, I think a lot of people could do it. They could do it in an agile sense. Um, but so I, I think the answer is 
we're going to see, I think there's a slowdown and I think that slowdown is going to continue for the next few years. And if, like I said, if YouTube is, if tobacco starts really getting knocked off YouTube, it could get worse. But I can tell you, you know, going back five years, there's a lot less media people at the trade show. It's a fact. Um, I don't know. Like I said, they typically have not let the social, like the, the Facebook groups or the YouTubers haven't traditionally been allowed into the trade show. And I think they have to start reevaluating that because the media landscape is changing. Um, but I really would like to see some like uh, another half wheel, another coupe, another dojo come come up. I think it would be very good for, for us to do that. Another developing palettes. We just haven't seen that. It just we haven't we're not seeing a lot of that right now. So I'm concerned about where it's heading. I think the other thing that it's gotten a lot more competitive right now, too, because a lot of us have kind of been able, you know, here's what happens when you have some success, you try to improve on what you do. And you invest it back in. So a lot of these, you know, a lot of us have really had a lot of time to invest. So I'm proud to say I think the bar is high, but I think we need to have that. I think we still need the gateway to have more media folks involved. Um, so I'm concerned. I, I don't think we're going to see a big increase, not in the short term. I agree. I agree with that. So yeah, yeah, and I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, you know, just I know we had this conversation before and uh, when, when we first started, I, I, uh, I've said this before on the air, so I think I'm safe. You know, when I first started I, my first month, I, I remember sending an episode to, to Coop on Facebook and he being like, you know, what is this? What, you know, like, oh, I was going to ask you, who, I who feel you? so bad to you. And it was like, oh, I, I don't know. I was just sharing. I was just sharing my stuff. But. What I didn't realize, and what Coop explained to me later, you know, and you know, we obviously, you know, we we talked about it. Everything's all good. Yeah. But, um, but what he had said to me was, you know, at the time, <clears throat> you know, um, in his defense, there was just so much that was coming out at the time that we started, and there was a lot of people who, you know, because of the pandemic, a lot of stuff did pop up, and there was a lot of new stuff, and it was just kind of like. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit like the Wild West because I mean, just everybody and anybody was trying to start yeah. something. But <clears throat> the difference was, you know, long term, after I had later, you know, talked to Coop, you know, is a lot of them just didn't stay. A lot of them didn't make it. You know, we kind of touched on it earlier. A lot of people, they say they want to do it and then they, they see how much work it is and they don't stick with it. Or, you know, people, they were only in it because of the quarantine and then like, that when that ended, people went back to their daily lives and they were like, well, I have more important shit to do. Um, we stuck with it. We didn't start it because of quarantine. Uh, maybe kind of. Uh, we had the opportunity, so we did, but we didn't start it because like, oh, we have to get on this bandwagon. We just did it just because we wanted to do it. Um, and we, we stuck with it because we love it and we want to keep going. So, um, you know, but yeah, there's a lot of people that, and I, we've had this conversation about even like the, in the early days of the, of the trade shows when, when like media first was allowed to come, so to speak, there was a lot of people who were wearing the media hat who were not really in it for the right reason. Um, you know, they said they were media, but it was more or less the photo opportunity and the free cigars. And, um, so th there was that aspect to it. Then, then, you know, people like Coop who were like, I'm on the show floor because I'm, I'm trying to legitimately do this. Um, so I, I can see how there was a time when <clears throat> there might have been like a misconception about, you know, what media is and, and who's media and this and that. I would voice my only concern 
<clears throat> my only concern um, with the newer media, like aside from like what I do, you know, you guys touch on like the like the Instagram, YouTube. There's a lot of people I see going to the trade shows that I recognize from social media who I don't really see as doing real traditional media. And maybe it's just confusing to me because what I do is a lot more like what you guys do. Um, I see a lot of people going as media who I notice are just people kind of just from Instagram. And it's kind of like, you know, it's just cautionary because it's like, are any of those people, are, are they just going just to go to the trade show? Are they going just because like, well, I like cigars and I have an Instagram. I want to go to the trade show. You know, and, and any of those people going to make the rest of media look bad because I know that there was a history with that, you know, like with, with the media being looked at the wrong way. So that would be my only concern with with, with and that's not all of them. There's, there's, there's just some not that anyone's done anything bad, but um, I would just be cautious to see in, in that little realm of it, um, you know. But, yeah, I mean, you would think that there would be more, you know, like bigger media, like, you know, Coop was saying, you know, like the half wheels and the coops and. Uh, popping up but um you know i would say that this industry is one that needs its strength in numbers and you know yeah i mean more is more is good i would say you know bear bears bear, i don't even know how old you are 37 but yeah i mean so you're you're still kind of like on the younger realm you know i'm i'm, I'm 27 uh nicole's 28 uh, you know, we're, we're younger and I've had this conversation and people say, well, one of the interesting thing about you is that you're such a much younger generation coming into the media now that it's like, it's like the torch being passed, you know, to the younger guys, you know, the, the older medias that have been around, um, you know, it's all about, you know, getting, and I've had this conversation with Jose Blanco. It's about getting the next generation in and it's continuing mm-hmm. to grow the next generation that brings, into media and so far i mean there's other other people than me and bear out there you know in the younger age category that are doing it but you know it it would be nicer just to see more of it grow um you know we've talked about too the the scar industry was a very face-to-face business i've had this conversation with john on the show before uh and, and last year with covid it was one of those situations where this industry was forced to go online um, and I think that a lot of people saw how rewarding it can be because they, you know, they were finally forced to do it. It's a lot of work, but um, hopefully that what I will end it with is I hope that that has shown people that more should be invested in, in, in the media and in, in the online presence. Yeah, Matt, you nailed it, man. Um, and it's, this is, I mean, I think that the, the, the trade shows really need to go back and revisit not just who gets into the show for the first time, but revalidate everyone every year. Like, so there's, there's brands who have basically been around for a while and then they fall off the wagon and they're doing stuff like once a year and they're still getting into the trade show. And they're really, like I said, they're, they're just really only publishing around trade show time. And there's a lot of them out there. It's a problem. The other thing that I'll mention is, look, I have a love-hate relationship with Cigar Aficionado. They are, they are, putting the screws to the to the guys doing the news right now like you wouldn't believe uh we're getting we get we have embargoes constantly on, from companies that they want to go to aficionado and then we're embargoed from getting it and we have to wait sometimes days to get it um and that's a that's a bet i understand giving someone an exclusive in a, in a short window but like when it goes two or three days i'm like it really is hurting us and, sh- and shame on any company who's doing that is what i'm and i and i'm, I'm a, so i know there's friends of mine are hearing this who are, 
shame on you guys because you're not helping us. And then, you know, I feel like sometimes that we're given selected stories that like when a fishing out doesn't want it, suddenly we're called. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I look, we're going to cover it as Coop. Don't get me wrong. We're going to cover it. It, it's it's not it's not it doesn't it's not it, it stinks i'm gonna be honest it totally stinks and that's why you know for example things i cut out were like you know there's certain things i've cut out over the past few years is coverage because you know we're just we're not going to be the the second banana here uh we want to be in with you full time and if that means hey you got to give it to someone for a few hours or, or one business day i'm fine with that but but this is that's hurting us right now you're hurting media by by playing that game because one publication is not going to take every story. And if you want media to grow and survive, you got to work with us a lot better. And some companies have really worked on that. So I don't want to say, oh, some of them have worked a lot better and they put some things in place. So, but yeah, it's, it's a problem. And that's not helping media grow. And that's why you don't see a lot of news, news media, simply because it is the most, it is very aggravating and frustrating uh, when this happens. And it's a high, you know, it's, it's, it's painful when it happens. So... There's concerns I have with this, like I said, going forward. Yeah, I think that just, you know, there needs to be more growth, you know, uh, and, and, and the wealth should be shared a little bit more with, with, yeah. with you know, with the certain publications who, you know, like we're, we're really in it to win it. Um, and I think that there needs to be kind of a definition of like yeah. that versus, you know, people who, you know, like you said, like the people who are, who are not really fully into delivering the news and i i always kind of looked at it as well my my opinion and 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 it's it's open for debate is you know i look at the trade show and i and it's like well there should be you know media that goes there you know on the front lines being going to the manufacturers being the voice like what do you have that's new tell me about what you have what's going on what are the plans getting the information to the consumer so that they are aware of what's coming, what they should be excited about, what they should be asking the local brick and mortar shop for, what they should be looking for, you know, on online retailers as well. Um, but you know, it's, it's getting the word out. It's, it's helping you sell more product. Um, it's not about, you know, going to the trade show to walk around and meet people and just see stuff. It's, you know, we're there for a reason. We have a job to do. It's, it's no, we're getting the information to the public. Um, and I, there should be more of that and it should be, you know, we're, we're, in, the, in the end, we're, we're there to help them, you know, I mean, it's about, you know, we're growing our own brands and stuff doing it, but the reality is like you release news on, on the website. It's, it's news that it, it, it advertisement and public, you know, and publicizes things that happen that yep. make people aware. And I think that that's important and there should be more of it and there should be, it should be very, very welcome to I me. Mean, that's, we're kind of doing your job too. I mean, in, in, a, in a way. Uh, you know, help me, help me advertise. And then, you know, yeah, it's very important. I heard one, po- I'm going to go there. I'm going to go ahead, Bear. I'm sorry. I heard one podcast say that media doesn't belong. This is a podcast that said this. A cigar podcast said that media does not belong at the trade show, that it's a special relationship with the manufacturer and the retailer for those four days. And this is referring to IPCBR. I understand that. Okay. I totally get that. Okay. However, media is not a 361 day a year thing. It's a 365 day a year thing. And at the biggest, most important, and there's going to be an article on Coop coming out on this a little more at our biggest event in the U S which is the PCA trade show still. And you know, we need to be there. Media needs to be there. People want to want to get the vibe of the show from the products, from the exhibits, um, 
and media needs to be there. We don't want to interfere with business, but media needs to be there. We can't give up the four most important days of the year. Um, there's a way we, we can, co- we've proven we can coexist. Um, the all, most of the media who goes to the show, they're, they're, you know, there's a lot of good media that goes to the show. We need that 365 days a year. So there's a way we can coexist and, and, and everyone can be happy. And we've talked a couple examples tonight, like with the Matt Booth thing and stuff like that. So that's my soapbox. There's actually an article coming out on Coop on this. So stay tuned. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think my only thing is um, my, my only soapbox thing is, you know, be, because of the, the, the stance that people have on media and how it's already kind of not like a perfect situation. Uh, Cause you know, there are people who have differing opinions on media as a whole. Um, I think that the media that needs and deserves to be there should be there. Um, and I don't think that it should just be anyone who wants to put on the media hat, you know, should just come filtering in yeah. um, because what, what my fear is, is it, 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 it paints a picture as a whole. And, you know, watching, you know, the photos from TPE, as I said before, there was a lot of people there who I knew are not. So and I'll come right out and say it. And I'm sorry if anyone disagrees, but I saw a lot of people I recognized at TPE who were not cigar media. They were strictly like social media enthusiasts who post a lot of cigar pictures and do stuff, but they're not doing what we're doing and it's kind of like for me and it's i'm not trying to be like you know a salty ass about it it's just uh, my 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 stance on it is you know and i'm not going to dance around it i guess you know what what you and i and bear do putting these shows together and putting our websites together and putting the news out and taking the time and we make appointments with manufacturers and we go visit the manufacturers and we have relationships with these people um it's different from you're just a really big cigar fan and you have a really popular Instagram account and you take a lot of sexy photos and you go to the trade show, like, Oh, I'm part of the media. No, I mean, you're right. You're it's hundred percent right. Like I, like I get it. You want to go there. It's fun. It's, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a fully public platform though. It's, it's meant for, the primary focus being yes, the, the retailers, distributors, and, and manufacturers to do business, and then the re- the real meat and potato media who's there to get that news out. It's not just there for you to be like, oh, I'm at a cigar show. Like, yeah, I mean, th- th- there's a there's a reason for that trade show. It's not like the like the car shows that come. You get to just go and see all the new cars and whatever. It's no, it's people are there to to make money. Um, you know, that, that's just my soapbox. And, and, and if people don't agree, I, I'm sorry, but I just, you know, it's just kind of how I feel about it. Matt, you're right. And, it, and this is part of the problem that happens. So there's a lot of these guys get in, not as media credentials. They're getting in through manufacturers. Mm. And they're basically saying, I'll work your booths for free. I'll do social media for you for free. And I think there's got to be some control on that. Okay. I don't think, you know, I think there's got to be a lot of control. And if you're getting in is that, you better be working your booth, like doing the social media for that booth, not walking around the trade show. I mean, I don't want to prevent someone from walking around the trade show, but your job, your job, you're in there for a, you have a role in there and you should be following that role. And if you want media credentials, apply for media credentials. And let's, let's have, you know, PCA's asked me a bunch of times in the past, IPCBR about setting the media credentials. I can't do that. It's not my show. 
a lot of us in the media are very, very strong about that. They need to they need to figure that out on their own. If they want to ask questions, that's totally fine. You mentioned Barry Steiner earlier on, right? And Barry, when this was all going on, had a very good position. He and I remember he said this to me, right? He said, look, if you're going to be at the trade show, you better at least have a domain. And Bear, I know you don't have a domain name, so I'm not trying to pick on you. You better at least have a domain name, like not not a free WordPress site, you know, because, um, you know, I think, you know, Bear, your podcast is like it's different. Right. But I'm just saying back. You then, have to make excuses for me. Coop. Go for it. It's all I'm good. Not trying, I don't want to make you think I'm picking on you. Look, but he, he Bear right. has enough skin in the game. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Bear has enough skin in the game at this point. But the reason was because they didn't want someone creating a WordPress site, right, and didn't have a, a brand out there, right? So that was a very good thing. I don't know if they enforced that rule anymore, but like you can't go in with a blog spot site or, or WordPress. You couldn't go in back then. You had to have a legitimate domain, uh, and that kind of at least gave your brand some credibility there. Um, how you go do your, your content after that, I think as long as you're doing content on a regular basis, that's freedom of expression at that point. So it, it's a real problem because these guys, they, this, this free labor gets into the trade show all the time. And PCA, I guarantee you, it's going to be, a, 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 it's going to be, you're going to see a lot of it this year. Oh yeah. I'm expected to go in there and just, and just see a lot of, yes. <clears throat> and, see a lot and, of and, people yeah. and kind of be like oh, who are you Wh- who are you with right oh i'm you know and I, like I, said, I don't want to discourage some of the guys who are doing really good content on those mediums so i am right but i think i think it's got to be more than just i'm putting pictures up of cigars is kind of what i get at yeah. i don't think that or, or pictures of booze i mean i don't think that's enough i think you gotta you gotta have a real role there in, in providing a coverage model and i understand what maybe that's what that podcast was saying earlier on about not belonging at the trade show I disagree with that. I think there's there's a role for media, but it's a specific role, not not an open role. No, I I, I agree with all points, gentlemen. I think the, the the one thing I'll I'll add to this final point, and then we'll get into the curveball segment here, is that you know no uh, Coop Coop did a you did a tremendous job of how of working me in and mentoring me in how to approach these trade shows from the media aspect. But I think my mindset was set very early on because I remember having the very, very early on before years, almost a decade before my first trade show, uh, the general manager for the store that I that I work at part time, Tracy Spence, who I've spent a numerous amount of time talking about on this show and, and on our show, Coop. Uh, he's he's been a great influence to me. And one of the things I said early on to him was like, man, I really want to go to the trade show because, you know, I really want to experience that and the new products and this and that and the other. And he's like, Barry, you don't understand the work that goes involved. I mean, this is this is tough work. And he really prepared me for it. So when I went to work for you, Coop, or as you say, with, with you, yes, I knew you were going to correct me. Yeah. When I went to yeah. work with you, I had, I, I, you know, and feel free to correct me. I, I believe I had the right mindset going into that first trade. You, told, show. you totally did. You totally did. And, you know, we're bringing in Aaron Nielsen, but we, he's got the right mindset. Um, it, it's very important. Um, and, and I, you know, the year you didn't go the first year, I told you I wasn't prepared for the trade show. And it was, a, it was 2017. I wish I could erase that year. It was, it was, I, I dropped the ball in preparation and uh, it, it, it was not a good year. And I had to fix that after that. It took a couple of years to fix it. Just all goes back to Matt's point earlier about uh, preparation, preparation, preparation. So even someone like yourself who's done this 
you know, going on their, you know, 10 plus years now. I mean, it's something that we, we continually have to make a point to so that when we do show up, we differentiate, differentiate ourselves from the pretenders, so to speak. And not to say that, not to say that these other, these other media outlets don't deserve a seat at the table. They do as long as they have the approach, right. They can be different. They can be unique. And that's great. This industry needs it. I'm all for it. But if you come in with that mentality that I had very early on, that this is just a, this is just a grab bag, you know, sensation, or this is a time to glad hand or a photo op. It's, it's going to flop on you because people are there to do business and we're there to do business. We're there to provide the coverage that is necessary for this industry. And you have the opportunity. I'm talking to all the new people. You have the opportunity to do that same thing in the way you want to do it. You just have to do it right. Yeah. And, you know, there's other brands like, you know, Developing Palace is a good example. They don't do a ton of trade show coverage from the floor, but there's a couple things they do that. There's a few things they do that. One is they, they really, that's a part where their team can interact with people, learn about stuff. Like and that sets them up for the year for doing reviews. Like not necessarily getting the free samples because they 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 review bought they buy their cigars to, to review. So it's it's not about that, right? Um and but they they go in for a relationship piece. And yeah, Aaron does a post wrap. That's why we always make sure the post wrap up show is, is Aaron has that, you know. Well, he always makes sure that he has that because he does produce some level of content, but it's more of a strategic approach where they're in there, and that's an important piece too. It's, and, and Matt, you're going to find this when you meet some of the new people or people you don't normally see. It's going to be very important. That piece is, is, is as much as like putting a video or putting a written piece out. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, the time has come. It's time for the curveball segment, the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust curveball segment, fastballs or curveballs. Doesn't matter. Since the company's inception, Steve Saka has been knocking them out of the park. Six consecutive years in the consensus top three. Yeah, I looked it up, and I even got fact-checked <laughs> by my guest tonight, Mr. William Cooper. <laughs> so, six consecutive years, home runs. Yeah, you know, and you know what? I don't think I'm going to get seven this year, though. <laughs> Whatever, Steve. Seven it is. Seven it is. We'll be talking about seven here shortly enough. So, gentlemen, <laughs> we've all chosen a brand name that has our name in it. Smoking Tobacco, Cigar Coop, El Oso Fumar Takes. Our name is in our brand. I want to know if you couldn't have your name in your brand, what would it be? And I'll go first because I thought about changing this because I wanted to, as, as everyone knows, my approach to the show is a deeper aspect, the story behind the story, a more dramatic approach to cigar podcasting and i thought for a while i was like man what's more dramatic than soap opera and i was like as the cigar burns i thought about that luckily i've stuck with my name because i think as the cigar burns would have been a little too cheesy as much as i do wax the cheese on every once in a while um as the cigar burns would have probably failed and flopped so i'm glad i've stuck with ellos fumar takes um, but as the cigar burns was a name I was considering for the show. Um, but I'm glad I went, I'm glad I went this direction. Um, hindsight is not 2020 in this case. <laughs> Cause I, I think I, I, I think I definitely landed on the winner. So Coop, 
I'll go to you first. Well, it's funny because it's, it's kind of a little bit of I didn't want cigar coupe, right? Originally, right? I, I because I never thought this thing would take off, and if I had, I would not have put my name in it, right? Um, but when I launched the podcast, they're under a primetime banner. Um, the problem is I can't. I don't think I can brand it as primetime cigars or cigars primetime because I think it's out there already. And I always kind of wonder if one day I'm going to get a notice to stop using the, the primetime thing there, right? Um, so, I mean, I thought about like uh, Cigar News Network, CNN, or uh, Stogie News Network, SNN. Uh, one of those two I probably would go with. I, I'd want the word news in there. Because um, that's what we do. Everything's based on the news. Um, and if the brand name had the news in it, it would have been easier for sure. Someone had Cigar News already, and I've been, I've been, but, but yeah, I mean, I would say probably Cigar News Network or something like that. I would go with. Mine's kind of tough because <clears throat> you have to almost eliminate the word tobacco altogether because I. That's so obviously unique to me and what's kind of special about my name to begin with. Um, so it would have to be, it couldn't be anything that was on tobacco. It would have to be specifically cigar something. Um, that's a tough one. I've never really thought about that. The way, the way that our name came to be, um, you know, it, I actually didn't even come up with it. Uh, I was not the one who coined the name smoking tobacco. Smoking tobacco was coined by one of my best friends. Um, after, um, I, I was in a, uh, I, I had just kind of a long relationship and I was in a low point and I, I needed a distraction. And a friend of mine was like, Hey, you know, you're, you know, you're into the cigars really heavily. You know, what if you, if you did something with that and, you know, you, you had like some sort of cigar thing going on online and I'm like, what do you mean? And, you know, it was like, well, you know, I just do cigar stuff, like do like cigar media stuff online. And I was like, all right. And he was like, you call it smoke and tobacco, but spell it like your name, you know, do the play on words, but you know, it's, I'm like, oh yeah. Wow. And it just, and it stuck and it made so much sense. And that was really the most of the magic behind the, the name smoke and tobacco is that it's not just smoke and tobacco. It's, it's, it's me, um, you know, cause it is my name. Um, so yeah, no, that, that really is a, that really is a, that's a tough one. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'd have to eliminate tobacco altogether. Um, regardless, it would have to be kind of like I would follow. I would follow what Coop said with like cigar news or something like that because you know he's right. I mean that's what we do. It's it's cigar news, cigar media, cigar information. You know, um, the you know, I I I think I think of like a like a newspaper kind yeah. of like title, like you know like like New York Times, like Cigar Times or um the daily cigar or i don't even that might is that already one daily cigar yeah, um, yeah is an alien. but i think a lot of these are taken too but yeah it's that's but yeah but, but but something along those lines you right know, something i i think of i think of in my mind i i go to like that that like newspaper kind of name um that relates to cigar news and media and information and like cigar times or cigar herald or something like that or yeah 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 yeah, yeah. herald yeah like the, the cigar herald um that's where my mind goes um because you know to kind of i was thinking the same thing that kind of coop said you know it's cigar news so that's what we do and you got to keep yeah. that in the name and, and it's that 
that expression of this is what it is. It's not just like a random cigar thing. It's we're here for news, we're here for information or entertainment, um, education, what have you. Um, we're here to inform. So I would say that's probably where I would go with it. Well, speaking as a fan of both y'all shows, I have to say that y'all landed on some gold because I think it works in both y'all's case. Um, I, like you said, Matt, I think it's perfect. Smoking tobacco. How could you not? How could you not utilize the name? It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. So, well, gentlemen, um, from the bottom of my heart, I cannot thank you enough for tonight. Uh, just an absolute, absolute blast I had tonight. What a great discussion. Uh, great points of view, great perspectives, just a fantastic time. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It really means the world to me that you guys sat down for so long tonight just to have a conversation with me about this perspective uh, done on the fly uh, virtually. And uh, it was it was everything I hoped to end more. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me on. Thanks for uh, the opportunity. Uh, I know that my first appearance on this show I think is you wanted something a little bit different as we talked about, but you'll still get that opportunity, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, happy to do it. Uh, like you said, you know, you, you need something, you call and you help your peers out and that's, that's what you do. Kinda, and, that's it, what and it do. echo and it echoes kind of what we've been trying to say in this, in this last hour, you know, where we're in this together. So we should exactly. stick together and help each other out. So exactly. Yeah, no problem. Exactly. 100%. So I want to thank my audience for staying up late with us tonight. Appreciate all your likes, shares, and comments. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, El Oso Fumar, for upcoming guests as they come down the pipe. We've got some great shows uh, on the menu for you, and I'm really excited to uh, welcome in a couple of uh, guests, including the one that we've talked about quite a bit tonight. Uh, in the middle of next month, we'll be welcoming in Matt Booth. He'll be returning to El Oso Fumar Takes. We also have Jared Trudeau of Christoph Cigars. Uh, Cigar Hustler Mike will be on oh. next week's show. So uh, Mike's oh, got Peglin. yes, Mike's a great uh, Mike's a great interview, and I'm really excited yeah. to have welcome him back to all from our takes. Yeah. So great shows coming. Check out our Ellis Fumar page on Facebook. Check out the Ellis Fumar channel on YouTube. Don't hit the don't forget to hit the subscribe button. If you are listening to us later on, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure you hit that download, the subscribe and review button. And if you already are a subscriber, please do me a favor, unsubscribe. Please don't forget to resubscribe. That continues to earn my support and allow me to get great guests like the two gentlemen tonight. So for everyone out there, this was our 168th take. Mr. William Cooper, Mr. Matthew Tobacco, we really appreciate all of you. Live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy. Guess what, everyone? See you next time.